0: Hey, everybody, just want to let you know real quick, this particular episode of Conversations About Dot Dot Dot, the language is going to be a little bit more different, probably a little bit more R-rated than normal. Just want to advise that up front so that way you're aware of it. If you say, I don't want to listen to that, that's fine. I totally understand. We've got so many episodes you can listen to, but you don't have to worry about that. If you choose to continue to listen to it, I just want to let you know that ahead of time. I thank you so much for listening to this episode of Conversations About Dot. 2022 is a very interesting year and during the course of the time the conversations about dot 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 collective has come together at many different times and spoken about all sorts of things that happened in pop culture over 2022. This is our first official look back at the last year show. We haven't done one of those ever. And so we decided we didn't start doing them just because why the heck not. So um, as, you, as you heard, I said, conversations about dot 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 collective i am not alone i have in any given order first of all the Rasco bros uh this is will i am the host and the grand poobah of the show i'll let them introduce themselves as well hello
1: i am smiter roscoe one half of the roscoe brothers also known as roscoe the lesser But not in grandiosity or in scale or scope, simply in age. I am also tending to the last line of Numenor, of the noble house of Anor, and also a devout follower of Eru Elúvatar. I'm I'm Jingles Roscoe. I'm, I guess,
2: Roscoe the Greater. Yes. uh, As I am the elder of the two. Mathematically, that's where you land. Mathematically, that's where I land. Um, and uh, I will hereby dub myself Jingles, the fact checker. Mm. Mm. But
0: all right, that, we that also title have. does track. Yes,
2: <laughs> and we also have uh, with us our, our dear friend, Catherine Everything.
3: Tis I, Catherine Everything, self-appointed professor emeritus of pizak and general stitch slinger of the sewn arts. Ooh, yeah.
0: stitch slinger. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Thank you. I That's like that. Dope indeed. So we have come today to bring you a little bit of uh, trailer talk first, and then we are going to get into the best clips we have voted ourselves uh, of 2022's episodes. So first things first, guys, Mando 3, season 3 dropped, um, and that trailer dropped for us. It's coming out, I think, in a, few, in, in a in a little bit. What is it, May? Is it May? I, I think you're right.
1: I only looked at it once.
0: <laughs> yeah. But uh, I wanted y'all's thoughts on the Mando trailer and, 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 and the interesting stuff that's going on there. Him going back to uh, Mandalore to purify himself so he can get back in the good graces of the Smither and the other Mandalorians. The Armorer. The Armorer. I'm sorry. I, I don't know why I said Smither. Well, she, she she's like an artificer, too, right? She is the Armorer.
2: <laughs> that is her name. You might as well call her Baby Yoda. <laughs> That's how We I... are nerds here, <laughs> and we get mad when people don't... Call people the right name. How dare you not be ready for our pedantic
3: <laughs> corrections? We How just assign titles, and yet we don't bestow upon her the same honor. <sighs> How
1: dare I throw my glove at the ground in front of you, sir?
0: All right, just don't go follow through with that slap because you know, in, in these days and there's we shoot people around here. I'm just saying,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Round
4: there's, here. No,
0: Round here. there's no, there's no uh, dignified response to that. Like, I smack you with a, a glove, pa-pow, and I challenge you to a duel. No, we ain't playing that. <laughs>
2: um, just I, I just looked it up. It's March 1st is when the new season is. Oh, started. okay, no there we longer
3: go. the Star Wars May. Sad. Not that I want to wait, no, but, you know. Right. Tradition.
2: Tradition. <laughs> A child that scoffs at tradition. Excuse <laughs> me.
0: <laughs> Speaking of that, we are getting Black Panther to Disney Plus on uh, February 1st. Yay. Nice. I had a Then I can cry or, at home. <laughs> yeah, I had a I had a coworker sit there and say it the other day, like, oh, don't you think it's interesting Disney is saying that this is the first time that they've ever got the film out quicker than the normal forty five release day structure for the movie theaters to Disney Plus because you know they have to do this, this, and this. I was like, or it could be February first, and it's Black History Month, so they want to put Black Panther out on the first day of Black History Month. Okay. And they're just like, Oh I said, Yeah, and we're not gonna talk about Kang the Conqueror being really, really tiny on the Chinese poster, but that's a whole different conversation for a later day.
1: Hmm. <laughs> well, come on, he frightened them. Yeah, he's China.
0: very scary. <laughs> China China does not want to see black people in the front on posters. That that that's something I've been just been drilled in my head, obviously. Thank you, Finn, for reminding me of these things. Mm.
1: And clearly, you've been holding on to that and been like, I'm going to tell the rest of them about I don't know why I gave that. Yeah, I don't know you why you voice. did that. Yeah. I don't know why I gave you that. So, all I of a sudden, that I became, that we I became Colonel is, Sanders. <laughs> like, <laughs> I
0: I'll say,
1: no, I I'll sit. I'll let's talk about that Mandalorian. <laughs>
0: yeah so let's talk about the mandalorian let's talk about mando and Grogu and all that crazy stuff so y'all start on the trailer uh
1: you know what i will scooch my seat forward actually you know what all things considered i'd have to push my seat back and then stand up to present my opinion before this round table council (laughs) friends country folk and people Who I don't know. And the free peoples of Middle-earth. And the free peoples of (laughs) Middle-earth. We stand on the edge of a new season of Mandalorian. Now, I am looking forward to seeing more Mandalorian clans being represented. Mm -hmm. I am all about a more diverse Mandalorian representation. That's right. I, However... I'm also looking forward to Din Djarin, con- probably for the entire bulk of the season, pushing off the responsibility of leading Mandalore. <laughs> Even though by the rights of Mandalorian culture, he earned the Darksaber. And I'm looking forward to seeing like what he's going to do. Because obviously he's going to go and redeem himself in the eyes of... The foundling culture, but I think he's like by the end of the season, he's probably gonna accept leading Mandalore and probably just start with, you know, maybe we don't have to wear our helmets all the time. <laughs> and then, uh, oh gosh, what's the name of the Mandalorian princess that's survived? Bo Katan Kris. Bo and then Bolkatan's going to be like, that's what I've been saying the whole time.
0: I really wonder if she's not going to try to get that saber from him somehow. Oh, because I feel like she wants to lead.
2: Oh, she definitely wants it. But he was all like, here, it's yours. And she was all like, I have to fight you for it, though. <laughs>
3: not how any of this and works. Then,
0: <laughs>
1: and then, and then <laughs>
0: that's Dijaran not was, how
1: Mandalore culture works. And then, uh, and then D- Jaren was all like, I uh, I, I I give up. Uh, here you go. <laughs> I surrender. I surrender. Then, you win.
0: <laughs> and then, in a final moment of restitution, Grogu shows up and he finally starts speaking and he says, "We live in a society."
3: Do, do we think Aww. we're ever going to get Grogu speaking? I think it's going to mess with people's heads. To be completely honest, like I don't think people are going to like mm. it.
2: I think he's going to probably like just say like "dada" at like the end of the Aww, season
1: by heart. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh no, it's going to be really meaningful (laughs) This is my son
0: (laughs) Well, and and Dave Filoni and them did say That this was the last season of the Mandalorian Characters arc of the story They said there are spinoffs In plan, but they said This will be the last uh, season we see Dejarin as the main character of the story So I don't know if that means We're going to be getting maybe a Groku spinoff Later when he's older And he's adopted the Mandalorian way. It's going to be interesting to see how that works
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, and of course, we are getting that Ahsoka series sometime this year, so that's going to be a plus in the right direction. So Osario Dawson kicking booty,
4: fair, fair, fair. That is well,
1: correct. But what about Ashley? <laughs> and, what
4: so about? Then, and
0: so, so, <laughs> so then, so no, so we are. Uh,
1: I'm just making a joke. You don't okay. actually have to have an answer for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I wasn't going to go ahead and answer. I was just going to be like, all right, I'm going to let him have that one. So let him say it. I'm gonna <laughs> we we have a sponsor so we've been sponsored if you ever tested your nerd kung fu if you ever tested nerd kung fu nerd kung fu yes your nerd kung fu now i know what you're thinking what is nerd kung fu because it's not like we're going to get a bunch of nerds fighting in a ring but maybe it's about how you look maybe it's about being able to show off that nerd thing that you dig you know what i mean do you like the office Do you like Star Wars? Do you like Jurassic Park? Do you like video games, anime, movies, etc.? Because if you do, you can get your nerd kung fu on. In the description on the podcast, there will be a link. You can go there and you can order up to your heart's desire on anything from shirts to socks to posters and all sorts of things. Even The Godfather. So if you're dialing into movies and video games and comic books and or Things like that, TV shows even, I mean, like I said, the office. Firefly is represented. They got all sorts of stuff, it's all legally licensed official stuff. Jingle, Sminer, uh, what's your nerd kung fu? Uh,
2: my nerd kung fu is weak. But, I feel like by following the link in the description, I might be able to make it stronger.
0: Sminer, what's your nerd kung fu?
1: My nerd kung fu is a southern style. It uh, is very fast, very aggressive. Mostly uses just the two first knuckles on my hand. To knock people out, but that's only because the stunt people are kind enough to fall over.
0: It's up to you how your Nerd Kung Fu is, but we appreciate you checking it out and grabbing the link and getting your stuff from nerdkungfu.com. But uh, the next thing I was going to talk about was the Ant Man trailer. Uh, which I do have a lot more thoughts on. I mean, Mando trailer looked really good and that's all I've got to say on it. I'm just I can't wait for the show.
4: Fair.
0: But uh the Ant Man trailer came out with uh Jonathan Majors looking bossed up as all get out as Kang the Conqueror and this is mm. this iteration in this variant of of uh the one above all from you know, Loki. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, that was close. Uh, uh He
1: Who Remains. He who remains. Uh, okay, he but the one would, above
2: all is kind of an important character in the Marvel <laughs> multiverse, yeah. and you
1: don't want to get him confused with the one who rema- he yeah. remains. He uh, remains. But uh, I would like to, I would like to point out before this council that I had not finished oh, my yeah. presentation before <laughs> I was. Interrupted by, what, what was the title of the game? The head, no. uh, the <laughs> Grand
2: um, Poobah? Grand Poobah.
1: Grand Poobah <laughs> of the podcast. Good thing I said it right the first time. Nailed it. Now I will retreat to my seat. Please, Grand okay. Poobah, why don't you tell us what... What news you have of your distant lands, and oh. uh, the news that you have of Ant-Man and uh, his uh, Quantum Maniacs? Quantum Mania, <laughs> Quantum Mania, brother.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, so I will say up front, I think we might lose Scott Lang.
1: We might. I th- I agree. Uh, possibility.
0: Because I feel like if the oh. Marvel first things the- first. Oh yes! Be- before
2: you start getting into like, I think this is how the movie's going to go. Is there anything about just what we see in the trailer that the you want to point out first?
0: I love. Good job, the fact in. that we got a moment where Scott is being the ultra heroic when he says, "I don't have to win. We just have to make sure. I just have to make sure that you don't. No, I have to make sure that you lo- you you lose." And it's kind of interesting how they play that. You see that in the trailer, you know, you've got the basket robbers that fired him coming back and saying an employee of the year or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, I, I wouldn't have got that. like I could have that could have been me. Because i be like, okay, you fired me from my job because I was like, you found out I was a criminal, and then now you want to come in because I'm a superhero. You want to come in now and be like, oh, I'm the greatest employee ever. Nah, dude, nah, I'm not endorsing this. Um, but then of course you got the whole thing of him getting his daughter out of jail and. You kind of wonder if he's feeling bad as a dad because it's like, okay, she's going down a path, I'm going down, I went down. Because he had been in jail himself. And so it's like, you see this thing where she creates the deal and she's like, we were creating this thing looking for you when you were lost in the quantum, quantum universe. And at that point, Michelle Pfeiffer's kind of like, you, you did what? And she's like, shut it down. And I was like, that's weird to me that they, if they had used it before, why it just now became an issue. But of course, convenience for convenience sake and editing of a trailer, because we don't know all of the strings to that conversation. But it's interesting how, you know, everybody's getting sucked in, and of course he shrinks down a grabber and all this other stuff, and then um like Bill Murray's in there. Sorry. Like, you know, and all this other crazy stuff, and he's just in there. Jonathan Majors, like I said, looks ripped to shreds. Like, he took that training for Creed to a whole other level, and it was just like, you know what? I'm going to be a supervillain, so I'm training for that, too. I'm going to be the smallest super supervillain you've ever seen. Like, they ain't going to have to CG a whole lot on me, because I'm gonna just going to be a jack <laughs> dude. And, man, I'm telling you, he looks he looks like a threat. And he's speaking. The thing I love about the villain is he's cold, he's calculating, he's not loud, at least in the trailer we saw for a whole lot he's just like you know I can give you the one thing you need I can give you time because it sets up the idea Scott missed five years mm-hmm. being with his daughter that he doesn't know how to get back and it's like this, this it's almost like the devil that you know versus the devil that you don't
4: right.
0: it's like would you rather live with that time gone or if somebody promised you they can give you that time back what would you do mm. you know so it's just like man it's a real interesting premise and a real interesting idea but I, I think by the end, I think we lose Scott. Because I think if most of the other, most of the other main actors in the main first part of MCU, first big wave, are not coming back yeah. as themselves. Uh, we don't know how long Chris Hemsworth's going to be off. I know he found out a while back he had traces of Alzheimer's in his uh, genetics. And he made a decision right then at the end of the show that they did on Disney+. Plus. He was just like, yeah, I'm going to go home and be with my family for a while then. I'm not going to be able to do this. And so he's stepped away from acting as a whole because of this. And I'm just like, said, we don't know how long he's going to be away before he comes back in the role of Thor or anything else for that matter. Or if he does, we don't know. And so if you've got this wave of Marvel heroes that are kind of moving out of the way so that a new group of Avengers can be formed, I feel like Scott Lang is the last remnant of that old guard. There. Really. So because you're not dealing with Falcon anymore, now you're dealing with Captain America. You know, you're dealing with now a reformed Winter Soldier. You know, you're dealing with all these different newer heroes that have come up at near the end of the first big arc that are now getting their shine and their moment to shine. Because I think that when you get to Kang, Kang Dynasty and the Kang War, you're going to see all these new heroes having to come together and become a team to fight them.
2: And so, so. You, got, you got all of this just from the trailer.
1: This is just there's no I I I stopped talking about it. Okay, okay. yeah. I made a gesture over I the jingles. Yeah, like I can do that. Okay shifting right. on over, you <laughs> know. I just I was all like
2: he's doing it. He's, he, like we're we're get, we have to rein you in or else you're gonna talk about it for a while and we're like, okay, but can we talk about the trailer now? Yeah, please. So
0: yeah, I'm 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 done talking. If y'all wanna talk
3: about
2: the okay. It, okay, so first of all, um I am very, very disappointed with you, William. Oh so disappointed. Oh, because out of all of this amazing stuff that we saw in the trailer. How could you not once mention the king the, himself, the king himself, the mental organism designed only for killing or possibly conquest or con- no, it's definitely going to be killing. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> there was only conquest for Earth's Mightiest Heroes because I can't say killing in cartoon.
0: <laughs> would you believe it if I told you I was waiting because I figured you guys would pick that up? <laughs> but go ahead.
3: <laughs>
2: well, now I understand. <laughs> You were just talking about Jonathan Major so
1: much, and you, you want to be his best friend. You were just talking about how huge he was and how jacked he was, and I was all like, yeah, we all saw him. <laughs> <laughs> we all I, I also saw the trailer for Creed 3.
2: I didn't. Um, yeah, uh, the trailer itself looks pretty cool. I, don't, I honestly don't have a whole lot to say about the trailer. It looks beautiful. It looks Mm -hmm. interesting. We don't know what the story is going to be. We just know that... Can I speculate on that? Oh, sure. Why not?
3: Um, Well, I was just saying, okay, first off, I have very mixed feelings about kind of this... uh, I'm going to call it our... Our AMV phase—that I think a lot of media has gone into—for uh, those mm. of you that weren't into the anime scene in the early thousands—that's an anime music video, in which you take really cool clips of cool things and you set it to cool music, and then it, you know, by the power of cool, it gets even cooler. And so, you know, like in a post And it was never lame. Not <laughs> and it was once. never not, not once, once was it lame. No. It was the coolest Hand thing confirmed. ever. Um, And I think that got kind of boosted to an exceptional level post-Guardians of the Galaxy, because that whole thing is so, like, soundtrack-based that it's, like, inseparable from the music it's in. And so kind of in a Marvel vein... Um, and you know like James Gunn does this a lot and then just kind of in, in Marvel in general you know when you see like oh that was a cool song used in a cool way now I think we're as audiences a lot more clued into what's going on using musical clues and so having Elton John's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road which oh, love that song I think we're really going to be dealing with the kind of like you know going with the Wizard of Oz kind of underlying themes there where they're trapped and they have to get home and going into what Will was saying in like you know are we week- gonna make it back like where like you know to, to quote the song exactly it's you know like when are you gonna come down when are you going to land i should have stayed um i think that kind of tells us a lot of already what we're going to be dealing with i think we'll hit it perfectly but kind of backing it up with the musical cues here i think we can kind of already tell and it, i know it's going to be heartbreaking so i'm ready i'm ready for emotional pain there mm-hmm. um but i just yeah. wanted to say a plus on the music there cuz that was one thing going back to the mandalorian like as much as john williams will always be my favorite and star wars music always just hits differently it's you can get the big like orchestral swells and stuff and i know mandalorian's going to give us good feels but i think there is something kind of fun when you can do the kind of rock opera thing with it that marvel's doing i mean wednesday did it with painted black and you know you when you just have a like song that people already connect to you really just you get to pump up the like the feels immediate. It's it's like a great cheat code for just cluing the audience in.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. I was going to say, by the way, there is an interesting fact that came out recently. Uh, John Williams did come out and say that the latest Indiana Jones movie will be the last movie that he does orchestral score for. Oh, uh,
4: yeah,
0: yeah. I, re-
1: I remember that part in the Ant-Man trailer. <laughs> <laughs> That's unrelated. Unrelated. <laughs> 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 it's okay.
4: <laughs> I'm sorry. i love you,
1: Will.
0: <laughs> it's like, yeah, um, you know, John. Wait, you did, oh, forget, Remember the scene where John Williams showed up at the Basket of Robbins, and, and and you know, Paul Rudd served him ice cream, and that's how he got the Employee of yeah, and the Year. Yeah,
3: the trauma. Oh, yeah,
0: just went
4: you're wild. right. Uh, yeah.
1: No, you're I was, you're right. I, I'm a dumb you dumb. Go. I you, you're right. <laughs> um.
2: Yeah, the trailer, uh, it looks good. Uh, I think it's going to be a good movie. But honestly, yeah, I don't have a ton to say uh, because, one, we know trailers are dishonest uh, and they hide things and they change things. And then when you actually go watch the movie, you're like, oh... Um, but I guess I'll just preemptively say, clearly, this is all the work of Mephisto. So we'll, uh, oh, wow. that'll, that'll definitely 100% be revealed this time, this I time. swear. <laughs> this time, it'll definitely happen.
0: What about I am question? wondering if we're going to get Miss Minutes in it. But that's just me.
2: What would Miss Minutes be doing in the Quantum Realm?
0: Because Miss Minutes works with, at least worked with the other version of Kang. It's possible she could show up in this.
2: But she's not. She's part of the TVA. She's not part of
0: the. Doesn't necessarily
2: the
1: mean she
0: can't show up.
1: Uh, sure. It's it's definitely a not zero percent chance that she can show up. What What I like about that is uh, Jingles gave you an in lore explanation as to why she wouldn't be there, and then Will comes back with "doesn't mean she can't show up." That's very true. It's all. It's all. Like, wouldn't it be crazy if we saw Aragorn in the in the Hobbit movie? <laughs> Isn't he, like, a baby back then? Doesn't mean Just he can't rip. show up. <laughs> mm.
4: <laughs> I Like,
2: we have the same, 100%, we have the same percentage of chance of Miss Minutes showing up in Quantumania as Tony Stark showing up in Quantumania.
1: Hmm. Mm. I'm all running, like, I didn't totally.
2: die, though. I just got teleported to the quantum realm. <laughs> he went to the
0: shadow realm. <laughs> yeah. Speaking and One other thing I thought was interesting, too, was is that MODOK... You mentioned MODOK, is not the same person in the MCU as he was in the comics. He is actually the guy that was Yellowjacket. So, there's was an interesting the same twist fellow? on that. Same guy as Yellowjacket. Because, remember, his body got shrunk and sent to the, to the quantum realm. I
2: thought he died. No. I he thought he died. I thought he was he killed?
3: I he I thought he
0: died. No, he did not die. He done he, he, got, he got shrunked <laughs> into the quantum realm, and so yeah, because that's his head. It's the same actor that uh, they've already said it, that the actor that played Yellow Jacket is the same guy playing Modok. Interesting. So interesting twist in Scott's uh, or the continuation of his story.
2: I can't remember. And man one was kind of boring. No, the character. Because I know the name of M.O.D.O.K. in the comics. Like his it's M.O.D.O.K.'s like George Tarleton
0: or something like that. Tarleton, but, but yes. Yeah, let's see. Uh, um,
2: but yeah,
1: that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great way to rework some old actors into the franchise. Yeah.
2: Because it's all like I didn't die, though. It was
1: just a joke. <laughs> yeah, I just JK. went through a ton lol jk got I, him I, I i like ha i i didn't die though i just suffered an incredible amount of pain
3: <laughs> i mean same though but like i feel like that's just how you're gonna connect to millennials it's like yeah we just mm. suffered <laughs> um but it's fine we're back we're here <laughs> <He's> suffering yay. <laughs> yep.
2: yay
1: before i get on to what i what what i'm looking forward to uh, or what you liked about or what trailer. i liked about the trailer um i j- i actually i was just reminded thanks to uh what catherine just said about a joke that i heard from uh conan o'brien and he was sharing that because his father is a doctor and mm-hmm. one day he uh as a teenager he was talking to his dad about peanut allergies and he was saying oh wow how crazy is it that um, only over like the past 70 or so years dad that uh, peanut allergies started, and uh, his dad was, as uh, I said, Oh, no, no, that, that, that's not the case. Peanut allergies have been around the whole time, Conan. Uh, we only just developed the means of being able to combat them. And Conan asked, Well, what happened before that? Oh, well, a lot of people died. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just that idea of all like. Look, dude, we didn't have the means of defending <laughs> ourselves, so we just suffered. <laughs> I, I, I like, I like uh, that. Of course that you know that we that we got to see Modok. And we're freaked out a little bit about it, and oh, thank you, Will. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah up, if so. if Casey Stroll is back in that, then that's really really fun, but. I I think one I'm like, obviously we're going to be really impressed with the visuals mm. and at this point we are so spoiled on <laughs> on CGI. Oh man. Like we <laughs> eat fat when it comes to CGI as a culture and because of that, you, you know, everybody feels like they're an expert on it. <laughs> But I thought uh, the I thought that the the trailer looked impressive, and I'm sure that the film will continue to impress once we actually get to those parts of the quantum realm. Fair. So that's what I liked about it.
0: Dope, dope. Oh, yeah. Dope. Everybody get TF Express. I just want to make sure, because I don't not want to interrupt anybody at <laughs> in this time. Yeah. Uh, i think <laughs> so yeah all right well we've gone through the trailers and everything and so now we're going to top off our first clip from the year of 2022 where it is jingles smiter and i and bino, bino. talking about under pressure from encanto nice. uh little Encanto talk uh, for everybody to go back to that so you know we're going to talk a little bit about under pressure and kind of it, and as Catherine will put it, kind of the emotional stuff <laughs> that uh, we can get into whenever we're talking about pop culture and things like that. So we're going to start with that clip, and we'll go through and play it here. And then, of course, we're going to come back and kind of talk about it once we get done playing it. So,
3: Speaking of good singers, let's talk about surface pressure and get it out of the way.
0: Dude, the greatest TikTok song ever. <laughs> because, uh, well, you're up
3: for this one. I know all this right, is your song.
0: You're up. So first of all, uh, my girl's in it. So, that's mm-hmm. awesome. And uh, I think it's really interesting because she starts off talking about how powerful she is. Yes. And so, she sets it up to where you feel like you're like, where are they going with this? And then it's like, then she starts talking about the pressure you're that the she surface. feels. And I thought it was interesting. I'm going to share this real quick before we do anything else. Uh um, right ahead. So this is a little article, apparently in a magazine, that Lin Manuel Miranda spoke about. Said was responsible for the soundtrack of Encanto, and He wanted to use the film to apologize to his older sister, Luis Miranda uh, Crespo, with the song "Vamos Nervoso." Luisa's theme. The song is a love letter, a letter of love and forgiveness to my sister, because I saw her deal with the pressure of being the oldest and carrying the burdens I never had. And i said, sitting there going, like, oh, wow. So, like, this is actually deeper than just what I thought it was. Because this yeah. is him literally looking at his sister and going, hey, you know, I saw you carry all this. And I want to just say, I'm sorry for not realizing sooner um, than that. You know, and I was just like, man. But, like I said, it's the stuff, like, her talking about Hercules. And wondering yes. if Hercules ever struggled with going up against the Cerebus, uh, And things like that. Just kind of, the... The, oh my gosh! I'm trying to think of a line. I'm gonna have to get the lyrics, but um,
3: I can think of a couple. But there's the, <laughs> the, the line where it says,
0: um, "and I'm just trying to go there." But the thing about the thing about that um, to me is it's not just the visual stuff because, like, even at the beginning, you know, she's talking about I'm not nervous, and he's yes. like, "Your eyes switching," and then like she starts singing, and then, like even the donkeys are sitting of oh, going, like, uh, "No, no, guy." No, I'm not I'm not dealing with that today. You
3: know just backing up like <laughs> uh-uh. Nuh-uh, fam. Nuh-uh. nah, fam. Nuh uh. I'm not
0: I'm not with you here. You're,
3: you're up with this one, Midabelle. Good luck. Bye. Like
0: you 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 brought this on yourself. Whatever she does,
3: <laughs> you. We're not involved in this. We're so just well, animals.
2: Yeah. Uh I'm gonna let you continue uh describing the song. But as you were saying, like, um you found out that Lynn had written this as a as a love letter to his older sister and yeah. um and you were saying all like, oh, there was more there than you had initially seen. So what you're telling me is that uh, there was more under the surface.
0: Definitely under the surface. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there, 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 God, there, under the surface.
3: <laughs> yes. Fun yes. uh, of the episode. Got yeah. It. yeah.
0: So, <laughs> so here's the here's the line. Okay, pressure like a grip, 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 and it won't let go. Whoa! Pressure like a tick, 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 and it's ready to blow. Whoa! Oh, oh! Give it to your sister, and never wonder if the same pressure would have pulled you under. Who am I if I don't have what it takes? No cracks, no breaks, no mistakes, no pressure. No pressure. And it was like, "What just happened? Why are my eyes filled up with water? What is going on with me right now? <laughs> why am I crying at this movie?" Like, it's and then Disney, I that's why. Then I have to remember, like I cried during The Incredibles. I cried during a bunch of different movies for different reasons. So it's just like, I, okay, like Disney I makes us
3: it. cry for no reason. But I, no,
0: I will, <laughs> like I'm sitting there listening to that lyric, and I'm just like, there are so many people in the world that are going through this, and the they have come to true. that point, and they've just decided I'm done.
3: I think like, all of us here kind of like relate on one level to another to this, uh, and surface pressure one way or another. All
0: this stuff going on and people have said, I want out. I don't even want to do this anymore. Like I can't handle this anymore. Yes. And had it not been for faith for me, had it not been for a bunch of people that prayed with me, had it not been for phone calls made in the early morning hours where I'm just sitting there in tears going, I don't know what to do anymore. All right. So, um, uh, First things first, uh, Jingles. Uh, Jingles gets the pun award for twenty twenty two. For I mean. um, the, you know, the under the more under the surface. There, that was, yeah, I, I am the, the every pun time. master. <laughs> that, that was a very qualified pun, there, sir. And, like uh, if you laugh every time. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And so there's that, and then also just. Being able to talk about a movie that, like I said, like, I don't care what people say. People say, well, oh, it's a kid's movie. It's like, it My is head. and it isn't. Because they are dealing with some pretty heavy stuff <laughs> in Encanto. So, your thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. We'll start with Catherine, if, if Catherine's oh, sure. ready to kind of share. I mean,
3: it, I And, like, obviously, you know, what's beautiful about this podcast and having all the different voices is, you know, already, you know, with, with y'all and, you know, just going through the episode, like, you guys shared your thoughts, and I think that's super important, and I think as a listener, just knowing, one, that you're not alone into that, like, however you're interacting with the podcast, like, hi, listeners, like, you know, when you are hearing us share our stories, like, I hope it shows everyone out there that's listening that you are not alone and that there is, I mean, such a diversity in opinion and history and trauma and, you know, emotional depth when it comes to all of these things. And I think that is what really truly makes these things so important to us. Like, yeah, we, we love bright visuals. We love our superheroes. We love our flashy, shiny movies and cartoons. Like we're geeks for animation style as much as we are geeks for, um, the the reason that we care about these stories. You know, like, Star Wars is cool, but, like, if we didn't connect to the characters, we wouldn't still be talking about it 45 years later. These Disney movies have such a grip and a hold over us in our childhoods that, yeah, there are childhoods and we laugh about it. We're like, LOL, I'm a Disney kid. But it's not just because of the singing, talking animals. It is it is such deeper levels, and, you know, we cry over these soundtracks because someone finally put it into words. What whole groups, what whole generations, what whole people, what and then, you know, what... Us as individuals are feeling and that's catharsis and it's absolutely beautiful. And Encanto is one of those movies where it's, it's hard for me because it is gorgeous. It is a gorgeous movie, but I, I can't watch it casually because it brought so much stuff to the forefront and it's, you know, I know a lot of like psychologists use say like inside out as a therapy tool for kids. And I know that turning red and Encanto are going to just be the talking points for generational trauma is, you know, especially among minority groups and especially among la- large families, this is going to be what a whole generation heals from. And that's absolutely incredible. Um, but it is one of the things where it's interesting because it is designed to be uh, w- without, you know, getting down on it. It's designed to be simultaneously mindless entertainment, but finally they are trusting us. They're trusting kids, um, with deeper feelings. And, you know, we, we joke a lot and I've said this a million times, but like, you know, kids deserve lore. Well, kids deserve to break generational traumas and kids deserve to have pain presented in a way that we don't get on like surface level cartoons. And so, yes, to, to piggyback on the pun, it is nice that they are breaking down under the surface, um, on these things and giving us talking points because, even though it can be difficult to kind of realize these things. Um, And, you know, even though I was like personally going through my own journey in healing with myself and my own family, um, like Encanto destroyed me uh, the first time I watched it. And it was like, I was viscerally uncomfortable in, in the way that I'm like, well, I have a lot of work to do because holy moly, that just brought everything to having a talking point. It's like, hey, you know, you're using so-and-so like Bruno. You're using so-and-so like Luisa. You know, I feel like, you know, Luisa and Mirabel, you're doing this to me, you know, like so-and-so is Abuela. And it's been really hard, um, but also really good because it puts it in simple, understandable terms where healing can begin. But it's also just incredible how difficult and how beautiful these things happen. And I'm here for that duality. It's just... Like, I can't bring myself in a way to buy, like, say, like, Encanto merch and stuff, even though I want to support the characters, the film runners, the showrunners, the artists, just because it is difficult, if that if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, very much so. Very much so. So, I mean, yeah. I was going to ask you, by the way, because um, I know we've kind of talked off and on about it. Were you able to sit down? You mentioned how it... it um, it affected you as you watched it the first time and how you can't watch it casually. Uh, Were you able to watch it? I'm assuming you and little sprout watched it together or did you? We did. I watched it first by myself
3: because I knew, and I'm glad I did just so I didn't have to make my feelings palatable for her. And then we watched it Mm -hmm. as a family um, because that would have been very difficult for me to um, kind of contain my emotions in front of her you know, I wanted to give myself my own experience, but sorry, continue. Um,
0: okay. And I also was going to ask was, how was that for her? Did she get a chance to express to you kind of how, what she was going through when she watched the movie with you?
3: I think, in, Without going yeah, into no, details. no, of course, of course. I, I respect that. Um, I think in the best way, um, a lot of the stuff that I was getting from it was still as the second or third generation traumatized child And I have been, like, working in my own life um, to break those through the use of therapy, through the use of, like, you know, just psychology and analysis and a lot of just research. And I've tried to not bring those things into her and advocate for her even pre this. Um, so I'd like mm-hmm. to say that it's it wasn't as earth shattering because it wasn't like she was the first generation to wake up and realize, Oh my gosh, we have a problem. She didn't have that mirabel moment because there's been advocation, there's been the no, we don't say that anymore. That no, we don't trick people. You know, like you know, I think every family has their own things and like without getting into my personal mm-hmm. Like dirty laundry. It's more like, you know, every family right. has those things that it's like, okay, we we all know that we shouldn't have been doing this, or saying things like this, or treating people like this, but no one ever spoke up about it. And that's, you know, obviously what Mirabel represents in the movie. She's the catalyst. She's the one that breaks down all of these things, and then it takes the growth. um Like, my little sprout wasn't Mirabel. We have all, she's kind of the next generation after that, where she's gonna have a lot to deal with, but I don't know if she knows it yet, because she doesn't know the full history, like, you know, if we symbolically put it in with the movie, Casita's already broken, we've built it back up, and then she comes into the picture. So, like, people are still going to have scars, people are still going to have trauma, but it's not going to come to that cataclysmic, or shouldn't hopefully have to ever come to that cataclysmic head, because we are working on it. Now, unfortunately for, like, me, (laughs) there is no movie that's like the, okay, where's Encanto 2? We all went to therapy and we're working on it now. Like, that's what I need, because it's, great to break down those things and have that cataclysmic head but as somebody who's been the Mirabel so many times on so many different sides of the family and with like relationships and other families that I've brought in like I don't want to do that anymore I don't I I don't want to be Pandora who has to keep the box open to where everything bad can come out so we can finally get to the bottom and get to the hope I want to move past that and so it's going to be really interesting to see this next generation kind of the post-Encanto, post-Turning Red, post-Inside Out, where we do talk about our feelings and we make better decisions, but how does that... We we don't have a blueprint for that. Like, we needed Encanto and we needed these movies in the 90s. Like, I'm glad we're getting them now and I'm thrilled and I know why these movies are being made and I need it, but I still feel like there is this disconnect, especially in American culture, where the mental health is not talked about appropriately in the media till it's already done a generation of damage. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm still scared. I want to do the best I can. And I, you know, the one thing I did promise my daughter was that like, I am human, I will make mistakes, but I refuse to make the same mistakes that other generations have. That said, though, this is now uncharted territory and I'm, I'm going to do the best. But, you know, I, you know, I can't wait to see what her generation makes because, you know, these movies are very much a millennial response uh, to the way that we were raised. I can't wait to see Gen Z, Gen uh, Alpha and see what kind of media they make um, based on hopefully the healing that we all do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. OK. And I appreciate your you're willing to get into that of on that. So. Uh anything else you want to share before we pass it over to Jingles?
3: I think I'm good.
0: <laughs> well, we will pass it over to Jingles and we'll let Jingles talk talk his talk about it. Jingles, you, you you're up, sir.
2: All right. No pressure. Well yeah, no pressure.
0: <laughs> Zero pressure. No mistakes, no cracks, no pressure.
2: Um I mean, obviously, I was uh, part of this particular episode of the podcast when we talked about this, and i I gave a lot of my feelings of just the uh, the song itself, surface pressure. Um, but and was a movie that I really did enjoy a lot. Um, and it's it's something that I, I really I want to sit down and, and talk with my mother about uh, because I don't I, we still haven't talked to see if she's actually seen the movie yet and if she hasn't. I would really like to get her over and like watch it together and then kind of talk about it. Because uh, I feel like my mom would be more hard affected by the movie Encanto than I was by it. Uh, I I enjoyed it from just like an enjoyment perspective. Um, And obviously, like, I myself identify with many of the different characters. I don't think I identify strictly with one or the other. Right. Um, but uh, I, I enjoy the fact that it's a, it's a very large family. Um, Smider and I come from a Mexican-American family, and we have a lot of extended family. We don't really get to see them very often because they live, like, states away from us. Uh, the When our mother was younger, when Smider and I were uh, one and two years old was when mom moved away from the rest of the family and moved to where we currently live now. Wow. Um, and that's kind of where we've lived and we've gone back and we visited family and, um, we have a lot of family still out there that we, uh, we'll talk to from time to time. Like, we talked to our grandfather on Christmas, which was really nice. Um, but, uh, I know that our mom wanted to kind of get out of that area and kind of get out of that situation um, because there was, there was an underlying toxicity there, Hmm. but also because she, she wanted like a better life for her kids. We were born in Southern California in the Valley, um, which is where our family still lives. Um, It's just all over and like usually around the Pacoima area. Okay. Which, surprise, surprise, is where there's a large number of Latino Americans that live there. Um, And uh, there's a culture down there that our mother did not want us to grow up in. And our older brothers got to live kind of in that culture for many of their early years. And that kind of stuck with them as we moved north to where we are now. Uh, which is much less uh a much lower latino population it's mostly caucasian but we also live near uh a reservation mm. uh so we have a lot of indigenous people here as well and they all kind of commingle but there is also still a small uh but relatively sized uh latino population where we live as well so it's it's a culturally diverse um and Smiter and I, we kind of grew up in that um, kind of melting pot of culture that we don't really fully identify with being Latino-American. We know that ethnically we are, right. and that is part of our, our history. Right. Um, but we identify more with like being American than Latino. Uh, But our mother was a child when she immigrated to the United States and grew here and was a young mother and lived kind of in that culture and decided that she didn't want that for her children, moved us up here. Even to the point where Smider and I don't even speak Spanish very well because we haven't been submerged in that. And our both of our parents spoke English to us growing up. Uh, And I'm pretty sure I've explained the reasoning that mama has given to us for that on the podcast before. Um, The reasoning is she was like very teased for her accent Mm. growing up. Um, And uh, she didn't want that same teasing to happen to us. There's another like generational thing of like, I don't want that for my kids. Um, And so now as a result, smiter and i at least don't really speak spanish very well our older brothers are much better at it they're basically our oldest brother is 100 percent totally fluent um the next two down are i believe fluent but still need to like look up some words from time to time smiter and i well i can at least say for myself i don't know about sm- how smiter feels um i can pick up the conversations but I don't feel confident in speaking Spanish back to people very often unless I'm like forced to Mm. Um, and then our sister I believe is about the same as well and um, Encanto watching it reminded me and and it's also because I talked to mom about Coco and Mm. she I know that she's watched Coco and she's expressed to me that it's very difficult for her to watch Coco. Right. Specifically because of how the abuela and that mm-hmm. one was very like, our family does not do this. You are not allowed to do this. And that, that, that's another huge example of like, this is generational trauma mm-hmm. being forced down the familial, familial line. And uh, that was really difficult for mom to watch because of how controlling her mother was and like how this is how we do this is how we live and like you're not allowed to do anything different from that and it's a it's a trauma thing Mm -hmm. and so I haven't gotten to talk to her about Encanto yet uh I'm pleased to say that mom has moved back into the area she was gone for a while but she's recently moved closer so I'm hoping to get her on the podcast again really soon um, and so I want to talk to her about that and see how she feels. Cause I really do feel like it's going to, uh, the movie would have affected her harder than it would for me. I really, really enjoyed the movie, but I, I and I explained in the actual episode itself, like I can, I can see family members in the movie mm-hmm. and how like there is a pain and like a longing in it and how I felt really, really bad for Bruno because he feels himself ostracized from the rest of the family, even though he, and the, the line that really kind of hit me was like, I love my family. Uh, and, uh, I don't remember the line exactly, but he basically says like, I wanted to leave so that I would not be ashamed of my family and be a, like a constant thing for them. But I also love my family very dearly. So I couldn't, go very far and I still had to like be close by at the same time and you know living in the walls of the casita and still like having his plate near the dining room where everybody else was eating and would eat there as well trying to still be a part of the family but be separate from the family Um, that was something that was like really hit me um and just like all the songs uh in the movie I think are really good surface pressure uh what from from a musical standpoint from a lyrical standpoint I really really liked um but it didn't affect me the same way as it did for people that were like oh like I'm feeling this mm. right now cuz I I personally I don't feel pressure like that um but I I empathize with people who do. Um, and in the actual episode itself, I, I've explained, like I've then listened to the song like a whole bunch of times, um, and watched other people react to it and seeing people themselves, like having an emotional response to it. And then I would see it. And then I would start to cry. And like, I would, I would feel empathy for, for other people that have had that pressure Put on them either on purpose or self-imposed or by other people right. um and so it, it was it's a, I, I really really enjoyed the movie it's definitely one of my favorites that came out last year um and i was glad to watch it and then talk about it on the podcast and just kind of express my feelings over it um but now i'll go ahead and i will roll this over to smiter uh what are your feelings about this clip here brother
1: ah I feel nothing. Oh, that's a problem. That's a problem. You guys, do you guys remember having feelings? Do you guys remember, like, when we used to have feelings when we were kids? Do you ever feel like a plastic bag floating in the wind? Wanting to start wanting again. Wanting to start again? <laughs>
3: feelings.
0: Nothing more than feelings. More Sorry, than I stole a line
3: feeling. from... <laughs> uh,
1: I'm sorry I stole a line from uh it's always sunny in Philadelphia you guys remember uh being kids and having feelings yeah Dennis n- we never stopped <laughs> <laughs> oh Dennis is he uh, so like huh. <laughs> I I really adore that clip uh, what and I think I can also agree, like, I, I hope Bino listens to this episode and realizes just how much we enjoy having her around. Mm-hmm. Um We hope you're doing... If you're listening to this, Bino, we hope you're doing great. And just remember that we miss you and we, we like do. having you around. We miss you, Bino. And I really enjoyed her enthusiasm mm-hmm. with this film. It's pretty obvious that... um There is the there's all this like the obvious topic being generational trauma, which we all can relate to. I think it's I think it's really fortunate that, um, just a couple days ago, Jingles and I got to spend time with Mama Roscoe and talk a little bit about that. But I think what was also really important is just as important as generational trauma is generational ignorance Hmm. and i think that that's something else that sneaks its way from every single generation of a family going on down for things that we that generations before didn't know about or didn't think it was worth knowing about or thought that they knew about but it turns out it was actually a really harmful way of being able to handle something Mm -hmm. and they were just trying their best but sometimes it ends up making the situation worse Mm -hmm. so when we were talking with mama roscoe we were I we talked briefly about My growing up and obviously having my own learning disabilities and my own problems of being able to connect with people that I cared about and being able to connect with my peers, it was a massive struggle. Uh, And I probably didn't even learn effective communication by myself until... Like midway through high school, and I didn't figure it out until about my mid twenties. And uh, talking to Mama Roscoe, because I, I felt compelled to just ask her about like how she felt about trying to figure out how to raise me, mm. and how different I was from my brothers, and. She made it a point to, I mean, God bless her. She was just so ready to heap on a compliment first Mm. and remind me um, that she always knew that I was smart. Mm. She always had my back. She always wanted what was best for me. And she obviously cared, but she also had no clue how to deal with me. Uh, And that was something I've come to understand. Mm. I don't hold that against her at all, especially considering that she was trying. She was really, really, really trying, uh, but she was ill-equipped and undereducated to deal with a kid that didn't want to be around the other kids and just wanted to sit by himself and play with his own toys or just sit by himself and think as an eight-year-old boy by himself and hearing and and hearing other parents and other kids and even sometimes my own siblings whom I love wonder what's wrong with him. Hmm. And I love um, that I always sort of knew that she wanted to have my back. But boy, talking with her recently, she had the (laughs) receipts. And she talked about uh, taking me to professionals mm. and how many times they told her, no, he's he's incredibly smart. His IQ is very high. He just, he's having troubles developing this part of his life. Mm. and And hearing her go to bat over that, it was incredibly affirming. And I bring all that up to... Drive the point home that even though Mama Roscoe was unfortunately ignorant to a lot of the tools that she needed in order to maximize her effectiveness as a parent, I never doubted that her heart was in the right place. However, I uh, talking to her. It's become pretty clear that that wasn't always the attitude for our extended family Mm. or even generations prior. Yeah, Mm. exactly. And so my mom trying her best with the limited tools that she had turned out like it managed to salvage the relationship between the two of us my mother has people in her family and even generations back that due to their own ignorance mm. have completely ruined relationships with each other and other people around them uh, I I and Mama Roscoe told me straight up that uh, what I was going through like the other members of our family like one generation back with my with my abuela and her generation none of them would have even tried they probably would have written me off as some sort of weirdo and I probably would be living by myself in exile somewhere I don't know Like, and it's that and uh, abuela i love her but she didn't even get past the 3rd grade mm. and not to bash mexican culture but that the wor- the wor- the hardest part about that is that that's not uncommon for that generation mm-hmm. there is a lot of generational ignorance that is carried over for Hispanic cultures and especially Mexican cultures and transient Mexicans that have made their new home here in America. There are so many genuinely good spirited, hard working Mexicans that just don't know any better and they have no idea what to do about that. There are so many there are so many older generations of Mexicans that don't subscribe that still don't subscribe to the idea of a of a ability for a man to express himself through his emotions in a positive way. And a lot of that is just generational ignorance that's been continually to continue to perpetuate. And it's never just one thing. Think of it more like a snowball effect. And I'll use, again, my abuela as an example. Didn't graduate from the third grade. So her reading level was that at a third grade reading level. So what are the odds that that woman is going when she comes up against a problem Mm -hmm. that she's going to think, oh, I'll go down to the library and see if there's a book that I can find to help educate me about why my oldest boy or why one of my why my daughter or any of my kids are acting out the way that they're acting out? Statistically, almost zero. Mm -hmm. And, but what she is going to do is that she is going to go and talk to the older women who have probably also got the same level of education and are going to give her their opinion on, oh, well, uh, she, you know, she's a te- your daughter's a teenager, so what you have to do is that you have to force more rules on her. That way she'll finally, like, learn to respect you and obey you while all of these older aunties have daughters that hate their guts. It's it's a joke in Mexican culture that every woman hates her mother. And there is unfortunately some truth to that. Uh, not I'm sure it's not like an outright hate or anything like that, but obviously there's some
3: there's something there.
1: There's something there in order to inform your emotion related opinion of your own parent in that regard. And again, we all pointed out about how the family in Anaconto functions. And it is, again, perfectly indicative of what is sort of the attitude of, about Latinos and how they deal with new ideas coming in. And and, and if you wonder, like, like, why are they so, like, why was Abuela so stubborn? I, I could tell you because... Because there's so much that, has, that Latinos, especially immigrant Latinos and transient Latinos have, have felt like their backs have been against the wall mm-hmm. for so long, they build up this toughness that allows them to survive. But it's like a warrior in peacetime. They don't know what to do when the situation is not life-threatening, but there's still a problem. And you can't Superman punch your way through it. And now you have to actually learn to be a good and caring parent, even though your instincts are telling you, no, just bulldog your way Mm -hmm. through it. Just put as much force as you can on that. And just impose your will as hard as you can. And I I think there's plenty of evidence to um, generations of Latinos failing in that regard. And and I mean, again, I want to echo what Jingle said. That we're not exactly the most Mexican Mexicans. But... Uh, I think that it's easy to follow, to just follow the breadcrumbs backwards and just see where some of that trauma and ignorance comes from. So, yeah, I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to just catch on. I think everybody's right that, the, that a big part of it is generational trauma, but I also think that a big part of it is generational ignorance as well
0: right oh boy wow um first of all thank you for basically showing me that we have a lot more in common than i realized uh because you were talking about a lot of that stuff and i'm sitting there going like dear god he's literally talking about my growing up life and how you know you you have to make a decision at some point when you see those things You have to make a decision. Am I going to carry this on or am I going to do something different?
1: Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure I could, like, tell me how accurate this is. I'm sure you have a relative, maybe an uncle or somebody that um, was regularly putting people down around themselves because the streets informed their Mm-hmm. Opinion of the world around them, and so they felt like they because people inflicted their will on that uncle, th- hypothetical uncle, that he felt like he needed to inflict his will on everybody else.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely had that. that that's not a, yeah. Um, I got fun, of, I got made fun of when I was in my 20s and I went to therapy. Yeah, because they were like, you know, black people don't do therapy. Why are you doing all that? Why are you telling some white man your business? That's oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I trust the guy that I'm talking to. We've been friends for a while, and he's been telling me, like, look, if you ever need to sit down and talk about some of the stuff you've gone through, uh, I will help you to deal with that, mm-hmm. and we'll sit down in my office and we'll have a conversation. I'm not going to charge you for it. We're just going to sit down. I can fit you in at certain times. I'll call you. If you're in the area and you just come in and sit down with me for thirty minutes every mm. once a week for a month mm. and a half, it's however long it takes. And I sat down and really started going through a lot of that stuff. And I had uncles that were just like, <laughs> "You ain't a real man."
1: Yep. You know, I oh, am yeah. telling
0: some white man about your stuff. You ain't a real man. You, oh yeah. You're, you're Why, do you, so Why yeah. do you talk so smart? Why do you talk so smart?
1: Are You trying to yeah. make the
0: rest of us feel stupid? Yeah, you try to be white. That's what it is. You uh-huh. try to be white. You want to be all like white people? Yeah. Like, and it's just like, yeah, no. Like, and I remember when I would stand up to them. And the thing was, it would break my mother's heart, but it didn't break her heart because they were saying it. It broke her heart because she didn't know how to respond to them like I would. Yeah. And so then it made me look even more like an outcast because I had no backup. It would be four uncles against me. Yeah. And my aunts and all of them just sit there, look at me like, "Yeah, he's a crazy one. I don't know what else to do because all he does is argue about stuff and
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know tell people that he he, he doesn't agree with them." And oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was a black sheep in a black family a long time before I realized what that looked like.
1: Does that make you like like brother darkness, darkness? You know. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh god and gosh. he nails it
0: yeah no it it's oh, <laughs> man. I don't know how to respond to that <laughs> <I either don't. laughs> uh, yeah. but just yeah it, first yeah
1: f- step number one you inter- you bring in a intricate and well- thought out and insightful perspective and then you undercut with a crude joke God <laughs> So but I saw yeah, that but, I saw that jingles had something as well. No, uh, I was I
2: was making sure everybody uh, wanted to say what they wanted to say yes. about the clip and and anything else here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I, I definitely I definitely got in my TED talk. Oh, yeah, man.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's good, and you're all good. Uh, Will?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. No, I just appreciate be, somebody Being willing to yeah, share so. about his mm-hmm. journey and 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 how yeah. You just sometimes you just gotta be, and it's not that you're carry. It's not that you're better than anybody, but it's the way you carry what you're going through. But Mm. he is
2: better than other people. Just (laughs) make sure that that is established. (laughs) I don't know if you heard my titles earlier. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) But it's okay. I forgive you as a devout follower of Eru Iluvatar. The Father of All, I, I I forgive you. He said he's from Numenor.
4: That's
2: where all the best people come from. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah. Until it, you know, <laughs> and, sank. Yeah, until Aru Luvatar was all like, you know what? I'm taking it back, and he pushed his finger down. It on was the, adorable because like, the island Sa- and sank. It.
1: It was adorable because Sauron was th- like, uh, Sauron was there as the fair form of Anatar, and he was all. He told the Numenorians, "Hey, you know what? You guys need to do." You guys need to go tell the elves that they could go kick rocks. And the elves were all like, hey, God, can you do something about this? And then he just put his finger on the island and went, bloop.
2: Yeah. um, Read the Silmarillion. Uh, We're going to go ahead and move on to the next clip now that uh, everybody has said what they've wanted to say. Uh, This next clip is very exciting. Uh, I don't believe it actually happened uh, this last year, but the year previous. But it's something that Bino really wanted to to bring up because it's something that she really personally enjoyed. Uh, And it's uh, in the earlier parts of the Pathfinder campaign uh, when uh, the group was going to investigate the wizard's tower that had crumbled. (laughs) And uh, we went to go and invest. Well, we, they went to go and investigate. And uh, one of our close friends was uh, having a little more troubles than the others were. So uh, this is kind of a slightly longer clip. I hope, listeners, you, you don't mind that it's a little bit longer, but please stick with us and we hope that you enjoy. Sheer wall. I'm going to try go to the, the sheer wall. I'll, and I'll then everybody the make a climb check for whichever you're uh, going to be doing.
1: I'm going to take the ramp. Okay. Me too. We're lightweight. We can do it. We'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, climbing now. Oh no! We don't have to take a climb check, we, on the ramp.
2: Uh, you you do need to take oh. a climb check for the ramp. I just—it's just, okay. uh, it's just uh, the DC is way lower. Oh, okay. I
1: just realized I overestimated myself.
2: <laughs> okay. It's a nine. Uh, oh man. So. So, Rafa, you, it takes you a little bit, but you're able to make it all the way to the top. Carmella, you are able to find plenty of handholds and make your way up to the top. Okay. Harbinger, you, you grab on, but you, you're you really finding difficult places to grab a hold, so you didn't quite make it. Skyra, you're you you you're looking at this wall, and you can't even find a place to grab a hold. Uh, Grac. You, um, you get about partway there, and you start sliding a little bit, but you don't take a tumble.
1: Oh, man. Okay, I was afraid you were going to say that I fall off, I break my hip, and I'm dead. Yeah. (laughs) You break every Uh, bird
2: bone on your bird body and
1: die. All your delicate bird bones. My bones are really
2: fragile. I'm sorry. Uh, If you you want, you you guys can go ahead and try again. Yeah? Uh...
1: Now that Rafa's here, I mean, one first thing we do when we hop up, uh, Carmela's gonna tilt. She's gonna tilt her towards him. Oh,
0: so can I you before all that skill set to try to get up the wall that
2: way? Nope, you have to climb
1: before all of that. Carmela's gonna take a rope out of her out of her backpack, and she's gonna hold one end out to Rafa, and she'll be like. Could you help me, dear? I'm going to lower it out for the rest of them. Yeah, going to Natural 20. Harbinger,
2: right. you make it up this time, no problem. It's like walking up the wall. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh,
2: Skyra, once again, you are having difficulties.
1: Uh, bro, mm-hmm. Rafa once... and I are holding on to one end of the rope, and we're going to lower the other one down to Skyra.
2: Okay, cool. Um, Grack. This time you step on a loose rock and you completely fall and you you fall back down a little bit and you take oh. 2 points of damage. Oh no! From falling.
1: Well. Ooh. <laughs> would uh would using a rope uh help out Skyroot at all?
2: Uh yeah, if you can find a nice place to to tie it.
1: Oh, he and I are going to hold on to it.
2: Oh okay. Yeah. You t- you tie on uh you put two... up on the ledge. <laughs> yeah. Uh you two make a strength check each. Mm. Uh, we can do it. Skyra. Um you can you can attempt another climb check with the, the rope there now.
1: Oh that's even worse. Uh, so do I put anything in the modifier? It says input value when I click strength. Uh,
2: uh no, don't too. put anything in the modifier, just click eight. He both rolled eight. Oh boy! Um, <laughs>
4: sh-
0: you, it, I it, it wasn't too difficult. Wrap to the rope and help pull her up. At this point, you cannot oh, oh. Uh, because
2: uh, you I yeah you just you just got up. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But you guys surprisingly are in fact able to hold on to the rope and you are able to help her up.
1: I just I suddenly just remembered assisting another. Yep. Yeah. No, another time. Another yeah, time. Another time. Um, well done, everyone. Where's crack
4: <laughs> would,
1: would the rope help him? <laughs> um, it's a pretty long rope. Uh, so I'm going to... No, hand... no, no. I, I I, don't need help. If I don't have my independence, <laughs> I don't have anything. Is there anything that I can Are tie you? the rope off to as he's saying this?
4: <laughs>
2: uh, you look around. Um, there does not seem to be very... Reliable places in this collapsed tower. I'm, to I'm, tie going to t- I'm
1: going to tie it around Harbinger's waist.
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, Grek, if you want to try again, go ahead I'm and. Trying
1: again, I'm doing it. I'm doing it right now.
2: God. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? This time, since I'm since God. you're at the bottom, you do trip and fall, but. You don't take any damage, because you're at the bottom right now.
1: Crack, my dear, we are going to toss you a rope! Ah, Maybe I should just go around and come up the wall. I mean, if that's what you would like to (laughs) do. Whichever way you're going to go, we're going to toss a rope down to you! Well, because I won't fall and die if I'm at the wall, right?
2: Uh, You (laughs) think so.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, then I'm going to limp around let me increase well, the dc hey. that'll help <laughs> yeah no but with, with the rope yeah yeah with yeah. the rope
2: there okay all right so uh, all
1: of us are holding on the yeah. rope and we're yep. gonna toss it down to him uh no I, w- I will say
2: you guys don't need to worry about making a strength check as he's not very heavy nice um go ahead and make a climb check Greg. <laughs> okay
1: come, here,
2: come we, go. here come we go here we go oh natural 20. 20 yeah um it's not so much that you climb, Greg, so much as you grab onto the rope and they pull
0: you up.
3: <laughs> Poor Greg.
0: Poor Greg has such a hard time climbing, and because of that, every time Beano got the chance, Bino gets the chance. Beano makes sure to remind Greg of how bad he is at climbing.
1: <laughs> Look, I'm sorry. It's just that birds have a hard time with with heights. <laughs> Historically, birds have never liked being up high.
0: Well That sounds right. Yeah science. So but yeah, so any any thoughts on any thoughts on that other than just the bad felt like we were babies when <laughs> we were first starting to do this. as far as Pathfinder goes, it's just like baby uh, steps. You know what? I was like, uh, oh, baby.
1: like I one thing I really appreciate that I completely forgot about was um I the, 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 was us all like trying to figure out, okay, how do we get everybody else up here easily with, um, Carmela and Rafa lowering down the rope. But I really liked that without, Checking with Harbinger, Rafa just turned and just started tying the
0: the yeah. rope to Harbinger. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had already offered to help, but I had just climbed up, so I wasn't. I didn't. I had to wait until the next turn cycle to be able to like, grab the rope. So I mean, I guess it's like you know, tie it off on me. It's just like okay, well, that works too, I guess. Like I would have had to consider it, right? Like surely.
2: <laughs> and I'm I'm fairly certain at that time you have the highest strength stat. Everybody's yeah. more dex based. Yeah. Uh, in in this particular pathfinder group, there's there's no like seriously dedicated marshals. Yeah. It seems technically yeah. gunslingers are supposed to be marshals,
1: but I was gonna say excuse yourself, but you know
2: <laughs> Carmela doesn't uh she's not a frontline fighter at all
1: no that would make me sweaty (laughs) yeah
0: that and also bullets don't cause noises in caves
1: i would (laughs) (laughs) i i give everyone adequate amount of warning every time (laughs) that is true i tell everyone to put on their earmuffs every time (laughs) <laughs> you no,
0: know, no. What, what was, no? What is funny? though, know, I remember in the last uh, in the last part of the campaign we were in, and of course we get the introduction to Cap'n's character, and 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 our search for the goat began, and um, she was like, "Are you the guy that's causing all that noise up ahead and or uh, back there or whatever?" He was just like, "No, darling, my bullets would never cause damaging noise to the point where they wanted to hear me." <laughs> <laughs> By the way, have you ever heard
1: of Tenatus? <laughs> Uh
2: I will say that one of the things one of the things that this clip really reminded me of, uh, and something that I've uh, very much admired about Pie Man, and one of the reasons why he's one of my very closest, dearest friends, um, is that he is absolutely killer with role play, mm. oh, and he's yeah. so good at taking his his losses and bring wrapping him around so that they're entertaining and fun. Yeah. Um, Every time that we've ever played role playing games with him, whether it be Pathfinder or, um, uh, 5e D and D. Um, he's always super good about, Mm. uh, about that.
1: Yeah. If I have my independent, if I don't (laughs) have (laughs) my my independence, I have nothing. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) right and obviously like the the more recent
2: uh episodes when he's all like oh i found like some 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 copper and and a few like glass jewels i'm gonna go ahead and swallow those and save those for later <laughs> <laughs> just like oh uh, that's right he's a bird, he's a bird oh, right. yeah. no i
1: you're right he dances that delicate like that delicate line of comedy where he goes out of his way to do very human like things and then just hard stop. He'll do something to remind you that he's a bird,
2: (laughs) right? It's very Brian Griffin in that sense. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, he's, he's so great. I'm really hoping that we can get together and play some more again. Um, especially since last time, uh, you there. There was a feeling of like a void that was missing, mm-hmm. mm. and I tried my best to fill in as Grack, but I'm I can't do it as good as Spider-Man does. <laughs> you were it. still fun.
1: I still thought you yeah. were pretty fun. I appreciate that, the but it's all there. like,
2: yeah, yeah, it's it's like how Spider and I were talking about. We've been playing Shadow of War and Shadow of Mordor, mm-hmm. um, and Gollum's in that game, and Gollum is not played by Andy Circus in mm. the games. He's played by Liam O'Brien, um. Who is a terrific voice actor and does a terrific job, but Mm -hmm. Smarter and I have both stated it's all like he's doing an excellent Gollum, but there's like just like some seasoning that's missing that Andy Circus puts on Gollum Mm -hmm. that is is not there with this. Mm -hmm. But it's still like if if you're not like really paying that hard of attention, you can you can kind of just Mm. let it slide. It's not like. It's definitely by no means a deal breaker, right? Right, um, and and that's just like Pie Man just has that extra juge that he puts on
0: it <laughs> that mm-hmm.
2: I'm just all like, yeah. oh, he's so good at that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that extra bit of character, jus, if you will. Exactly.
1: Yes, indeed. I'm sorry, yeah. ah, chu, ah, chu, ah, chu. tight.
4: <laughs>
1: yeah i'm really looking forward to having him and bino and, and yeah. you guys in on a on another session
0: when i'm hoping can. early february like somebody asked me the other day at work they were like well you know you do a podcast you're gonna do like all black history podcast all month long during the month of february mm-hmm. i'm like no it's like what no I don't. I've never done a full Black History. I've maybe done Black moments in comics, or I've done something like that. I've never done a full month in February of Black History stuff. I was like, first of all, because I have co-hosts that are not Black; they're different nationalities. I said, so we don't sit there and think like we we don't focus the show around nationalities. We talk about it, but like I'm not just going to spend a whole February doing that. I mean, I, that would be a whole other podcast, right? Type no, thing. I,
1: and I and I appreciate you considering us. And I mean, it would be like having a whole episode about haggis. What is it? What does it do? No, we've had episodes,
2: like singular episodes, we've had, where we talk right. about Like right. haggis, and, and no, yes, haggis. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well,
0: I, mean, I don't know who that applies to. And, I don't you know think we what, ever I dropped. Certainly... I don't think we ever dropped that episode. I think that might be behind a paywall right. or something. I don't know. We never put I'm that just episode. I'm sad out there you for did it without
3: matches. me. I mean. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just, oh,
1: it's a two-hour-long episode <laughs> of just the three of us—me, Will, and Jingles—cluelessly just asking each other, "What is so it? Well, What is it? Is it like? Is it like a sheep's bladder? I think it's a sheep's bladder. I don't think it's boiled in a sheep's bladder. Is Why it don't like food? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just meandering questions like that for two hours." Uh, <laughs> Yeah, a, two,
2: a whole two-hour session where we don't come
0: to a conclusion. <laughs> yeah,
4: at the very you end don't put man, we just decide. Diso-
0: yeah, yeah. Just like guys, ah, it's a mystery. If yeah, if you could help us, guys, please uh, chime in on the, in the fan group and everything. And, you know, we, we'd really like to know because we have no idea. None of us have ever had it. So that's
4: delicious. And it's
3: cooked in a stomach. It makes sense from stomach to stomach. Exactly. You know. <laughs>
0: It just makes sense. It just makes sense. sense. And You know what? If I ever get the chance to try it with you, I'll be the judge of that, but I'll say that something black all my life, I've had chitlins. That still doesn't make sense to me. Fair. Fair. I've had had
2: lingua and tripas. Is that mm, the same? I've had
0: tripas. I've had tripas too, and I think tripas are done better, and tripas are cleaner. Uh -uh. Like I don't have to smell tripas when they're cooking and they be funky. Cause I don't care how you cook chitlins. I don't care how well you clean them. It, your house gonna be funky for like two months.
1: <laughs> I just, I really just want to say I appreciate Catherine so much. <laughs> Trying to defend the logical integrity of the food—it nice. makes sense.
2: <laughs> I mean, as Mike Myers once said, "I'm pretty sure that all Scottish cuisine was created on a dare." <laughs> <laughs> as in, I dare you to eat that. I'll do it. <laughs> Got my belly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yes everyone's favorite scotsman <laughs> yeah.
1: exactly maybe one of these days oh, yeah. uh, i i would actually love to do a duet with katherine uh for that old song the drunken scotsman <laughs> i
0: don't, hey don't know if tiktok because that's where katherine is
1: yeah, I don't, well, I, like I don't know, like I'm. I assume you've heard that one. Yeah. All right, that'll be fun. That would mm-hmm. be fun. But uh, yeah, so haggis, obviously, to do with our fun little <laughs> Pathfinder session. Right. I, uh, I, I'm looking forward to the next one. Pretty obvious, but well, I, I I think it's worth voicing. I'm looking forward to the next one. Right.
4: Where where I was
0: going with the whole February thing was I hope early February we can get together, and plan on doing one, to get doing at least one because I want to start mm-hmm. doing them like once a month, having the Pathfinder stuff I want to advance, man. I want to grow. I want to see where my character goes at level two, three, and four. Like mm-hmm. I will to be level one forever. You are so, level two. <laughs> well, I don't want to be level two forever. I want to be level go. three. <laughs> I want to level up. So, um,
2: uh, I will say, um for no reason in particular uh it's not like we've talked about it for the past mm, 3 episodes mm. um i've been uh i've ordered the core rulebook for the second edition pathfinder for no reason whatsoever no
3: reason. um
2: no reason that i want to okay. i, I want to read through and no no pressure on on that but um i want to start I'm just reading up on it because I've been hearing, I've been watching a lot of videos about character building and everything on that. And it is incredible sounding. And so that's something that I'm looking at if in the court is interested.
0: (laughs) I'm always interested in you, what you guys are doing. So, yeah. But I believe so, that's all I have yeah. to say about that. Okay. So before I introduce the next clip, does anybody else got anything else to say about the Pathfinder clip?
3: Well, actually I got something else to say just about the podcast in general. I just want to say that like we would completely and one hundred percent roll with you if you did want to do Black History Month because one, it's your podcast, and two, like we respect you and your identity. I also just wanna say I think that even more important that you don't relegate it to just one month, but you bring your rich experience to everything. And I feel like that's just so much more natural to where it's not just like it's incredibly important and incredibly can be really really affirming to of course put your pedestal your, your identity on a pedestal and you know just like i think we all have a month um whether it be nationality or identity that of course we're extra pro- you know proud um but i think the fact that you're just you know you bring it into everything that you do um teaches us and the listeners just so much more organically than like cramming it into one study session if you will you just you're always open about it and i just want to say i respect the heck out of that
0: well, I appreciate that, and here's the thing: at the end of the day, being black is a part of who I am. It's not all I am, yeah. but it's a part of who I am. Which mm. that also gets people riled up yeah. because you know they, especially in February, man. There's an old song off of the movie CB40 where it's like, "Oh, I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, <laughs> and black, and I'm black y'all, and yeah, everybody expects me to like, like." February 1st, it's like dashiki, hat, you know, talking about the gentrification of the white man. like, no, I'm not going to do that, man, that's not who you're dealing with, I'm a Christian on top of that, there's forgiveness in that, there's like all sorts of stuff that I've had to deprogram Mm. out of what I was taught growing up about Mm. loving people, like trust people, well, you don't trust the white man because the white man well, no, Jesus died for that too. Like mm. I can't like I can't like like sometimes I laugh at racism because if I don't laugh at it, I'm gonna cry. But I can't hate that person for that. Because mm-hmm. if I'm called to love my enemy and they consider themselves my enemy, I'm still called to love them. So there's more to me than just being black. Now, yes, being black is part of my experience. And there's certain things in my experience that other people may not understand but as a Christian there, there's a whole new set of experiences that comes with that mm-hmm. you know and so those are things that are part of who I am as a person mm-hmm. and so it's just like you know, I, I don't get the I mean could I do it yeah I mean could I go full nation of domination and all that stuff I mean I guess but that's not who I really am you know and I'm who I'm learning to be right and so yeah but that being said I have had really cool opportunities over the last several years to interview really dope people. Um, and this was a toss-up because it was either going to be this one or Joe Illich. Uh, Joe Illich of course was one of the, the first black editors that was brought in for um, Milestone Comics that was under DC Comics label. Uh, but when I I just randomly one day met Miss Jen King, friend of the show, uh, mentioned the latest book that Rodney Barnes was doing which was... Um, the Philadelphia book and so i just shot him a message i was just like hey mr barnes been a fan of yours for a long time loved your stuff with boondocks loved your stuff with uh so far what i've seen in Philadelphia. other stuff that you've done over the years of course you're doing winning time at hbo <laughs> max and i really would love to just sit there and pick your brain for a bit if you've got some time you know i know you're a busy man you got a lot going on it's like, if you, if you, if you can, that's great. If you can't, I understand. I thank you for your time. Like 20 minutes later, he's like, here's the email to my agent. Let's set something up for the next month. Cause I'm going to be tied up for this, 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 this. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> he just responded back. Like, let's set this up. Nice. Now I'm always, I've got an email prepared for stuff like this, but I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> kind I'm like, Rodney Barnes just said, Okay. email my dude, let's set this up. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I will email your dude, like, right now. <laughs> and so, like, I emailed him, and then I was like, hey, I emailed your agent. He said, okay. He said, yeah, he got it. He said, we're looking at this next month or whatever. We could possibly do it. And I was like, okay. He said, listen, if something comes up and you can't do it, let me know when you're free. I'll work with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I am flexible. I'm easy like Sunday morning. He kind of laughed at that remark, which I was just like, he's like, yeah, old Commodores fan. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're actually talking. Like, <laughs> Commodores, what? It did. we get on, so we have about an hour of the podcast. We're just talking about the books. Come to find out, he did a book that I love, that I had the first trade of, which I just got the second one called Credible. And I didn't realize he had written that one. But this clip is actually from us talking about boondocks and the boondocks revival that was supposed to happen and kind of his thoughts on it. So I'm going to let y'all listen to this clip right here and then we'll talk about that. So that was pretty awesome. And so we're going to go from there kind of into next steps. uh, And I am going to ask the question, how did you get involved with the boondocks?
4: Uh, When I was working on my wife and kids, uh, myself and Aaron Magruder had a mutual friend who thought that um, this is when he was going through trying to get the show set up and all of that. And he felt like um, the two of us would hit it off and see sort of writing the same way tonally what um, the show could be. And we met and hit it off and started working again.
0: Okay. Okay, and I know most recently my heart broke because I found out that the revival show that was supposed to be coming out is not going to be out there for whatever the reason. That's what they say. And um, so I, I kind of feel like we, needed, we need a boondocks now more than ever. Um, yeah, I mean, I love the show. I
4: love the material. I love what it, what it is. I don't know, you know. I think we were fortunate during that period of time that there was no social media. And it was just a completely different world. We could kind of fly under the radar. And I, I think as much as that type of show would connect with folks, I think a lot of folks would probably, there's always a yin to the yang. There's always for something that everyone loves, you're gonna offend some people and mm-hmm. hurt some feelings and do some stuff. And I don't know if in this world, um, you could be that acerbic. Mm.
0: Okay. That, that 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 does check, it really does, because you think about the world now, there are a lot of, areas, I mean, goodness, man, I mean, people are going off on a movie like Turning Red yeah. over things, and you're just like, yeah. okay, I don't, he does make a valid point, it's like, would Boondocks work as well as it did at that time, would it work? Yeah, you know, maybe
4: another version of it, you know, but I don't know if that version that we had would stand the test of time.
0: First of all, I wouldn't want to see another version of Boondocks. Like, if we couldn't if we couldn't get Boondocks the way it was, I don't know that I'd want to see them redo it. So I'm kind of glad. Thinking about it after he said it, I'm kind of glad that we haven't gotten a new Boondocks since, because he's very much right on that.
3: That's fair. Yeah.
0: Mm. Uh, first of all, your thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. We'll start with uh, we'll start with Smider this time around. You got it. I'll I say my thoughts at the end.
1: You know, I I I really see where he's coming from mm-hmm. with um how Boondocks was at the time that it came on out. It's I think looking at that looking at when something was released is almost as important as the attitude and the messages that th- a piece of media, a piece of art like the Boondocks was trying to work with when it came on out. And I, I, I really see a lot of merit to what he was saying with... He's, you know, he was right that it was able to sort of fly under mm-hmm. the radar for a while. I still remember a lot of people... I still remember so many people people telling me like about the boondocks but so few people were actually actively watching the boondocks when it was coming out and i I knew so few people at the time and um it's interesting that he also mentions that uh yeah it is It is a satire, but it's it's interesting to think about how attitudes may end up changed by the time that the show, like if the show got greenlit to come on back. Because you could get Aaron McGruder back. You could get the entire writing staff back. You could get everybody that made that show special to come back that you could. Rest in
0: peace, Charlie Murphy. Mm-hmm. And, and John Witherspoon.
1: Yeah, I
2: was going to say that too.
0: And I think that's one of the main reasons they stopped the production was because they were like, we don't have a grandpa anymore, and grandpa's kind of the main focus for Granddad, and
1: mm-hmm. then
0: like even uh, John Witherspoon's son came in and tried to do it, and they were just mm-hmm. like, "Nah, we, we're going to go in a different direction."
1: Yeah, but you know, and uh, I, I see what he means because it, even it, even if you got the stars to aligning, you got as many of the creatives that made that show as good as it was to come on back you would have a subset of the fan play the fan base or self-proclaimed fan base say things like well boondocks used to be funny but now it's not And we've seen that with so many different
0: things, so many different. It's culturally insensitive.
1: No, uh, and that's (laughs) what's going on. What
2: is going on? Uh Moondocks used to be funny. Not anymore. Don't believe me. (laughs) Have
1: a look. (laughs) (laughs) I I see, and, and we've all seen these takes with all sorts of different franchises that we all really enjoy. And all it takes is for somebody to completely misunderstand or misinterpret what a property is doing Mm -hmm. to go on a full tirade and have their platform, which we all have, for better or worse, and start trashing it and... Uh, I see where he's coming from with that. I still feel like you should as a creative still push through that. I still feel like as a creative you should still push forward and make the make the story that you want. And I feel like the boondocks has so much in the way of history and ammunition now more than ever with the break that has happened. And I I, I get the feeling that it could be just as good as it was before. Now, of course, that would involve that would involve getting Aaron Magruder back on and getting as much of the great writing team that you had back on to be able to write that same spirit in, because I mean, there was a time when the show didn't have Aaron and it was felt
0: <laughs> the third and, season. <laughs> yeah. And,
1: uh, imagine if we could get him back and get as many of the, of those great writers back with him and, be able to enjoy it because Aaron Magruder, I mean, the boondocks has shock value, mm-hmm. but it's not all about being shocking. Right. It's actually very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that's allowed it to stand the test of time is that it still has very meaningful perspectives on things. And it has a very funny very funny way of bringing it about.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I will say this, too. Like, I don't know that Uncle Ruckus would survive past the first episode in the current climate. Mm. As a character. Like, I remember newspapers, when they put him in the strip for the first time, because Boondocks was a comic strip before it became a cartoon. That's right. And uh, people canceled Like, the, because cartoonists, the way they work is they have contracts where they go through and they'll do a year, usually. You have to do six months to a year contracts with newspapers. There were newspaper companies that were canceling the contracts out and just paying out the rest of the contract. So that they didn't have to print another episode of Boondocks. They would replace it with whatever cute, campy comic strip that they could put in its place. Because of Uncle Ruckus in the first episode, it's like thirty-five percent of the people that were buying had contracts dropped them that day. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, I, I can absolutely see that. And um, you know, color me an optimist. I I think people would just. I think people would hate Uncle Ruckus the way that you're supposed to hate a character like Uncle Ruckus. Right. Cause be, and, I, does, and that's yeah. all in, a positive, in mm-hmm. a positive way. Just like how, how we were meant to revile him back in the day. I, I, and, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm more than willing to see the other side of that. And, like, I understand how hard of a sell that would be. But, you know, I miss him. <laughs> I, I miss I miss seeing his comeuppances whenever they came around. But I'm gonna go ahead and pass the ball over to Whoever else wants it next, or whoever uh, will feels like passing it off to.
0: Catherine, have you? Did you ever get the chance to watch Boondocks?
3: I did. It's so. It, it aired, um, you know, like on TV at a time where I didn't have reliable access to media, um, and that was always hard. Wow. Um, but it was definitely one of those things where I, at a time in my adolescence when that was available to me, I think it was kind of like in the best way, like baby's first primer to like stuff media that I wasn't the target demographic for. And mm-hmm. I, I think kind of thinking about the social media thing and think access, you had to go looking and like, okay, I'm, I'm a white human. So you had as a white human in America, you do have to go look for things that are not written for you. You have to actively search out, things that you are not the target demographic for and of course that can be really really fun really interesting and like i was just approaching college ages that so like you know i wanted to i did my worldview and i thought the writing was hilarious and there are still things that like my friend group was quote i cannot eat cheese as a white human without thinking of the boondocks and (laughs) (laughs) so in some ways it's like you know if I absolutely think that all peoples should have media that challenges both stereotypes within them, their own communities and within the world at large. And I think seeing seeing a different presentation of a racial group that is often stereotyped by outsiders, seeing them make these caricatures... Of their own culture it, it felt incredibly genuine and like you said there's there's characters that are there for shock value there's characters that are there that it's like whoa okay but on the other hand ultimately at the end it is not just a like gross out shock value just how wacky and ridiculous can we get at the end of it you are you connect with these characters because ultimately it through the end of it, like, the whole point is that they are human characters, and we are all human, without, like, a big, you know, hand-holding, you know, like, yay, we all learned our differences. No, like, they're human characters, and they're allowed, everyone is allowed to, you know, poke fun, but also, poke fun, but celebrate um, the things that, it, you know, exist in our our own cultures, and so I liked everything that I saw of it. Admittedly, I have not seen it all, Um, but you also know, like, one, when you're just flitting between, you know, housing situations, it, you know, media isn't your prime, uh, importance there, but also just, it's, I think it's important that it exists. Um, kind of interestingly, while we were talking about this, I, and it's unrelated racially, but it's related in the shock value thing. I immediately thought of, um, just the whole access to social media thing. And I, I'm not sure if y'all watched Rick and Morty a lot. Um, I do. And I, a
2: little bit
1: admittedly we, uh, i like the show
3: jingles and i <laughs>
1: probably watched up to
3: season four fair
1: i think we got through season five and
3: yeah. that's one of those shows where it's hard because like it, it is kind of there for the shock value it is kind of there as that like weird exclusionary and i think it does the opposite the of the feeling that i got from the boondocks where like obviously i know i'm the outsider coming into the boondocks right i don't understand mm. all the references but you know like as long as you're there to like be chill Like, okay, we'll be chill about it. Whereas, like, Rick and Morty specifically created an exclusionary audience, and now, of course, coming out with the co-creator's allegations um, and uh, things that he's being, like, criminally indicted for, it's like, well, that's why we got that, like, weird, uncomfortable alienation feeling, I think, from a lot of these. Whereas, like, Boondocks, for as much as it was out there and uncomfortable, it was never in a way that was, like, too made to divide. And I think that's really interesting for a show that's, like, you know really about race and racial identity was more ultimately uh educational and got people to talk about things more than like some of these shows that are like purposely made to divide. So that's just that's where my brain went on all of this um but you know, it is interesting how social media can do that as well. And it would, it would have a hard time in today's climate just because people would share things completely out of context and without, I think the end of the episode resolution or without the rest of the character that brings the heart, they would just share the shock value things. And that never kind of was mm. what it was about.
1: Mm. Uh, wow. You know, I, you got me thinking Catherine, because you were saying that, uh, uh, we didn't really like. oh, It wasn't a show where, oh boy, we learned about our differences. Uh, it was more of a show of, oh no, we learned about our differences.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. <Oopsies. laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, and what a
0: dense, what a dense <laughs> list of differences it was. Boy, man, Catherine came in with like that pound cake type. You know, super, super sweet, but dense <laughs> thought process in there, on there. And Smider, of course, came through with his own brew of speciality as it relates to it. But uh, I just, I just, man, yeah, that's really great. Anyway, I'm sorry, I just interrupted that. No, no, I'm,
3: I think that was really ultimately what I had to say. And, you know, yeah, no, I had a thought and it, it's gone. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no problem. Um, I guess it would be uh, Jingles' turn, Whenever Ooh, yeah.
2: he's ready. Sure. sure. Um, <laughs> there's the thing that I've, I've really appreciated about the boondocks. And I've, I've been taking the time while everybody's talking to kind of gather my thoughts on it. Uh, Smiter and I, surprisingly, I know, we it's, it's not like we talk about it a lot, but Smiter and I are not black. <laughs> um, and so we don't really like we've never been immersed and surrounded by people of color growing up. Mm -hmm. um, Specifically like the black community. Mm -hmm. Um, That's one of the the racial groups that is virtually non-existent where we live. Mm -hmm. Um, Tons of Latinos, tons of indigenous people and tons of Caucasians, but not really black people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, in a weird way, Well, I've always found it difficult to watch a lot of media that is very black focused and black, black centric.
0: Um, You mean you haven't watched Roots and In Living Color? um, I did
1: watch Roots.
0: (laughs) But I did not watch
4: Roots.
2: And I have seen clips of In Living Color. Uh, if you allow me to finish my sentence, you will understand <laughs> that there are exceptions to this. It's it's difficult um, to uh, for I, I I've never felt interested in a lot of like movies and media that's like this is just for black people to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, for examples would be like almost anything Spike Lee has ever made. <laughs> uh and okay. stuff and, and stuff like um uh gosh i can't remember that there was a ton of movies especially in the 90s um after the uh the riots in la um that there was like an explosion of more black media and it was a lot of stuff that I was just like, it's not very that interesting to me. However, there were some things where it was clear that it wasn't just for black people, but black people were the main focus for it. Um, okay. It's movies like Major Pain. That is uh, almost entirely black cast, but it's it's for everyone. Uh, and also it's written
0: movie- by Rodney Barnes.
2: Right, exactly. You, you had mentioned that in the uh, the DMs. Um and our family really really likes major pain cuz yes there there is like a black culture part of it but um it, it's it's a movie for really anybody to enjoy and i've heard so many people enjoy it um oh the movie the the Medea movies i never really got into because they once again they feel more black focused um and then there's like shows like Blackish or Black AF that uh I'm just like I don't I don't think I want to watch them. Those, those it doesn't sound like I'm the target demographic to the point where it's almost like exclusionary. Right? But then there like I said, there are some examples where it's doesn't feel like the case. And the boondocks is one of those where it's like there is a strong uh black focus to it um but it's it's not like other like black focused media in that um most other black focused media will try and kind of um exemplify and make uh look good the culture in black culture and like even the more toxic parts of it which will has brought up many many times on the podcast um but what's what's i've always enjoyed about the boondocks is that it holds up a mirror to black culture that isn't always uh what what's the word um a flattering it's not not a
0: favor it's
2: not a flattering reflection There you go. And that was always kind of the thing that I've always felt that Aaron Magruder was trying to do with the boondocks is all like, Hey, we can be better as a culture.
0: Oh yeah.
2: And, um, but that's something that I kind of like figured out as I got older, but as young, as I was younger, I just, I enjoyed everything that I saw because it the the things that they were going over, I did not feel were, like, black-specific issues. There were some that, uh, like, felt like black-specific, but could also, if you, like, stop and think about it, can be applied to a bunch of different cultural groups. And as a Latino, even I was all like, like, the the whole episode uh, where Stinkmater first shows up in... um. That whole episode, like, they're all like, "This is kind of a black specific thing," but I'm all like, "I've also seen similar things mm-hmm. for Latino
1: culture." Oh, pff, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, t- shoes get t- get out of here. Yeah,
2: the Sting meter <laughs> ruins his shoes. Everybody that I've ever seen like react to that. I've mm-hmm. always been all like how dare you? Oh, uh, <laughs> he got new shoes and you yeah. just scuff them like that?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Um but I honestly think of some a uh, couple of our older brothers. Oh yeah. yeah, they
2: are shoe like fanatics. Yeah. I I wear stuff that's comfortable and I can afford. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but that th- that's always the feeling that I've had with the Boondocks and like other um other quote unquote black focused Media that I feel like branches out more, or even like is comfortable with kind of shining an uncomfortable lens back at black culture. I mean, Aaron Magruder has very, very been very vocal on how much he does not like the uh, uh, BET. Um, yep, and and like I've often felt the same way up to the point where when Killer Croc. And Suicide Squad was all like, they're all like, "Hey, what do you want?" He's like, "I want BET," and I was all like, mm, "I don't, I don't like that." But no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> but um, oh, another example of something it, in a very funny way. Uh, I enjoy the movie. Don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Yeah. And I enjoy that movie more than the movies that it's parodying. Yeah.
0: I got you. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I totally it's, that. it's
2: weird that that's the case, but it is. Yeah. Uh, and th- that's because it shines a uncomfortable lens back mm-hmm. at the, the culture. And it kind of... By doing that, I think it broadens out to a wider audience to enjoy. And I mean, the Waynes Brothers made some movies that like a super wide audience could enjoy and that was part of what made him so successful i mean the first two scary movie movies massively successful and um so yeah i always thought that that was uh something that stood out to me with the boondocks um as well as it it did allow me to kind of look into Uh, Black culture but also in a way that I'm just all like you know these guys are really not that different from what I've seen my older brothers do and talk about and be like as well like Riley is just a smaller version of our oldest brother uh, and is just as angry and is just as Mm -hmm. like wanting to like prove himself and Mm -hmm. like but our oldest brother is not black he's very Latino Mm -hmm. And so, um, but I, it's, it's like almost a one-to-one comparison. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it, that's one of those things that really helped me, um, identify with the show. But at the same time, I now know that we're in a different cultural zeitgeist, um, as far as our media goes. Mm -hmm. Um, and the boondocks, if you were to do the boondocks, I don't see it being able to be done the same way anymore. Um, and, and I think the only way that it could have been done is (coughs) if, um, if, yeah, the original cast and the original like showrunners were back for it, uh, because I feel like they could do that in a very um nuanced way that would work for so many people but you know a lot of people don't want don't want to be criticized about yeah. their lives and you know that's that's the kind of the world we live in right now and i think that's fine i do I do wish it wasn't really the case, but I'm not gonna be the one one of those people that be like, Oh, it was so much better in two thousand two when I could say the N-word as much as I wanted and not get fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm just I, I think we're in a better place now, but it, it, I feel like there were some sacrifices that were made along the way that I'm not one hundred percent happy with. Mm-hmm but i think we're we're heading in a in a better direction right. and after all boondocks you can still watch it it's Absolutely. i believe on hbo max um it's still there and you can watch the entire thing so no um, you can't no no
0: the two banned episodes are still banned they're not on hbo max <laughs> you have to get the dvds or the blu-ray Oh, no. Two I have to spend money the and head. support the Boondocks. No. Yeah. So, the Hunger Strike episode where Huey Hunger Strikes against BET is the first banned one. Oh, I'm sorry. There's three that were banned. <laughs> so, the first one was that one. The second one was the one where they're making fun of Tyler Perry uh, because he threatened to sue BET. He threatened the sue Cartoon Network for that.
1: Yeah, one, there's a lot. There's actually a fascinating amount of uh he said she said and speculation on that and i think a lot of it is like nobody wants to admit to to the to any sort of truth of that
0: and then the other one was the uncle ruckus episode where bet was trying to do an uncle ruckus show Mm -hmm. uh where he gets up every
1: morning and he thanks god for the white man
0: Yep. Yep, exactly.
1: Where he gets up and he thanks God for white people. Uh, what's that like, Catherine? <laughs>
0: <You> know, <laughs> according, to, according, to, according to Uncle Ruckus, Uncle Ruckus says the white I people got are like pledge. <laughs> I'm a pledge. I
4: got her so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: gonna oh pat my myself God. on the right. back for that one. Oh boy. <laughs>
3: i'm sorry (laughs) so i do have a clip being my friend
0: (laughs) oh wow i have a clip here to play before i actually advise my thing which is just real quick it's about a minute uh from the show it's it's one of the things i love about it i explain it more after the clip there it's the huey speech that's right here this was in the i believe it was called the trial of r kelly and uh, see if you don't see some parallels to modern day things that we've kind of gone over. Hey!
4: What the hell is wrong with you people? Every famous nigga that gets arrested is not Nelson Mandela? Yes, the government conspires to put a lot of innocent black men in jail on fallacious charges. But R. Kelly is not one of those men. We all know the nigga can sing. But what happened to standards? What happened to bare minimums? You a fan of R. Kelly? You want to help R. Kelly? Then get some counseling for R. Kelly. Introduce him to some older women. Hide his camcorder. But don't pretend like the man is a hero. And stop the damn dancing. Act like you got some goddamn sense, people. Damn playing around here? Boo! Are hey, you with the Afro? Give it a rest. Beat it. Put the music back on.
0: So yeah, first of all, the talented, wonderful Regina King, uh, playing to, to go back to Catherine's reference about uh, Rick and Morty, playing two brothers uh, there as uh, she played not only Huey but also a rock. I get it. Um, and I thought that was just dope. But also, like, can we just talk a bit about the star-studded voice cast that was in Boondocks? Like, Regina King, Adam West, as a matter of fact, was the, the, uh, lawyer for R. Kelly, uh, in that episode. But then also, uh, goodness, man, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Charlie Murphy, Ed Asner, uh, Jeez, John Witherspoon. Just so many great actors and actresses. Uh, Tom Kenny, who uh, was Spongebob, was in there and did some different uh, voices. And then also his wife, Jill Talley, who was in there with Sarah. And then, of course, uh, I can't go on without forgetting Mr. Chocolate up himself, whose name I can't think of right now. Uh, Tom Dubois and also the voice of Stinkmeater. Oh, gosh, I can't think of his name. There are so many great voice actors and actresses in this show. Uh, Tara Strong did a voice in this show, believe it or not. Um, there's all sorts of people who are doing voices in this. One of the reasons I love Boondocks overall is because they did something that was from an old 70s adage, and they created uh, Norman Lear, who did Good Times and a whole bunch of shows, All of the Family, Good Times, uh, Jefferson's, uh, uh, Archie Bunker, and all that stuff. He did all those shows. Yeah. Norman Lear did a thing where he said, if you want to give the smartest lines to somebody in a show, you always give it to the child. Mm. So the first time that you saw that really happen, it was in good times because Michael Evans was the one that always had the lines that brought your point. They wouldn't give it to James. They wouldn't give it to Florida. It was always Michael. If you wanted to make a point in an episode, it was always the kid that said it. And in a lot of those shows... If you go back and look at them, it may change your perspective on a lot of that. But with the, the, the Aaron McGruder took that a step further and said, "Okay, we want to not only show the smart, intelligent idea, but we also want to show the other side of it." If you'll notice, a lot of times when dealing with Huey, when you're dealing with Riley, you'll notice you, you 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 had somebody that was thinking of a way to kind of have a have a what's the word I'm looking for a better perspective towards um, a better perspective towards the situation at hand versus Raleigh who was very much fed by pop culture. He was fed by a lot of the music videos. He was fed by the starstruckness of like for example there was the one episode where uh, Thugnificent moved across the street from him. He was just enamored with Thugnificent. Like he was just enamored with that whole gang culture club culture music culture i want to be hard i want to be street i want to be this i want to be that and i really enjoyed that but i think about how you know how what uh, mr barnes had to say about the fact that we don't know how the world would receive that information today because of the land of social media because you've got people with social media that are empowered to make very distinct decisions on stuff, but yet they've never participated in the actual act of being a fan of said fake. Oh, yeah. But if you assemble enough of people, you can sound like you're making this real big thing. But like I said, with stuff earlier, for example, with, you know, whenever the posters to China went to mm-hmm. China and you had T'Challa's, you had, you know, for Black Panther, for example. You had the tallest face covered up in that one, but you didn't have him covered up in the American version because the Chinese audience won't go support it. You didn't have people on Twitter going off on that. Uh, And even if you did, I don't think it matters because people in China are just going to sit there and be like, yeah, we're not listening to American Twitter anyway. We don't care. You know, but then, like, that didn't change Disney's standpoint on doing a poster geared toward China to try to get it in. And then, like, even, like I said, with Ant-Man, if Kang is the villain, and Kang is pretty prominent in the Americanized poster, but then in the other one, he gets pushed to the background. They push Scott Lang, and they push Cassie, and they push Wasp, and they push Michelle Pfeiffer, and uh, Michael Douglas, and all these people to the front of the poster. And then Kang's kind of in the background, upper left of the background, so he can be easily missed by all this beautiful whiteness that <laughs> that's all the way I can describe it no, Louise like, <laughs> ain't even on the cover like Louise is gonna recap something hopefully you know you know I'm hoping he recaps something because I need re- I need Louise to recap things <laughs> uh, just because that's what he does like yo man like I would love to see him like recap the Marvel because this is the movie that starts the new phase official well no Black Panther did Black Panther end the last phase I'm trying to remember if Black Panther ended the last phase or if it started the new one. I think it ended the last one. It was the last one in this last phase, and then Ant Man and the Wasp starts the new one. Right. Uh, but even there, I'm like, man, I just need the weeds to go back and be like, yo, man, it was crazy, right? Like, Boba's we got booked out of existence for like five years, dog. And then all of a sudden, like, the Hulk came up. The Hulk was like, hey, I got this. I'm going to bring everybody back. And then so he snaps and brings everybody back. Like, that would be dope. But to get back on task, sorry. <laughs> um, I understand. I do that sometimes. No worries. I really appreciated Mr. Barnes being willing to take the time to say, hey, I don't think it would work. Right. Like, as a person who may have been involved in it, in a reboot, like, obviously, the way he said it was, yeah, that's what I heard. So obviously, he wasn't involved directly. But he was just even like, well, yeah, we could use it, but I just don't know if it worked. Right. Like, for him to be able to say that was pretty, pretty baller and just, man, I just, I, man, I love when I get when when I get the chance to interview awesome people who are in this pop culture space, uh and I know the Rasco Bros have already said like there are certain people if I ever get Tara Strong somehow on the show, like they need to be on that show with me. Oh yes. Uh if they get, if I get certain other voice actors, if I ever get uh, the guy who does snake, they're on that episode with me. Like it's the guy just, who like, does okay, snake. I could David Hater. I couldn't think of the name.
1: I was going to say, know, golly, what? if only one of us was a big fan
0: of his work. <laughs> uh-huh. I was trying to set up the spike and then you came back. I was like, okay, I got to think of it now. It's on me. Uh, because I couldn't be like, here, guys, here, Lob. What's the guy's name? But I'd be saying it. I need to know. I need help. I need help. Uh, but, you know, I also I, I appreciate the opportunity. And the thing is is that they're always like, well, yeah, just let me know when you're free if we want to do this again. I'm like, really? You want to talk to me again? Like, (laughs) I'm like, why? (laughs) I don't understand. But I'm glad they want to. I'm glad they feel like it's a good place they could come and talk. Because I'm like, look, man, yeah, you can talk about what you're currently working on. I don't care. I'm just going to sit here and gloat for 20 minutes going, you tell telling me about what he's doing. This is awesome. <laughs> you know, I'm just geeking out over here trying to make, remain, trying to have some sort of composure and not just be like like uh, Chris Farley back in the day. You remember that time you wrote that comic book that was really cool called Quincredible and stuff? That was pretty awesome. <laughs> remember that time you wrote the boondocks and all those cool jokes? Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was awesome, too. <laughs> And you want Blackula and and Kocheck because you're a big horror fan. Yeah, that's pretty dope too. He told me a story in the episode about how he was uh, like trying to be a professional wrestler at one point. I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, he tried to be a professional wrestler and then it was just like it didn't work for him because he hated taking bumps. And it was just like, yeah, I don't blame you. Like bumps aren't easy. Like you see those guys doing it, and it's just like it's easier for you because you're sitting in a chair at home watching them do it. <laughs> You're in the ring doing it yourself. It's a different thing, and of course, he was just like, "Yeah, that's pretty much it." I was like, "Dude, people are telling me stuff that like I would never have imagined thinking about." It was just like cool. So, yeah, I, I just I'm thankful to have a place where I can ask people to come on and let them talk about their stuff. and like, okay, let's do it. And I've probably had a thousand no's, but the yeses have been dope. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like I got to talk to a guy who worked under Dwayne McDuffie, uh, who was one of the greatest minds in D.C. at the time. Wrote for Marvel, wrote for D.C., wrote for a whole bunch of other stuff. It was just a dope. Wrote for Justice League Unlimited, wrote for Justice League Cartoons, and got to his last big writing push was the Justice League War movie. Back when D.C. Animation didn't miss, <laughs> before D.C. Animation started missing a bunch. Uh, which I'm like, I wish we could have a Dwayne Duffy mm-hmm. still with us now writing stuff because, boy, <laughs> we need some people writing some good things. But yeah, like, and him telling me all about the stuff, like, telling me stories. Like, I had interviewed Dwayne Scott a few years ago, Damien Scott a few years ago, who was the artist of Batgirl. And so he's like telling me all this stuff about Batgirl and how, like, yeah, when I saw Dwayne, Dwayne, Damien's artwork, it was just beautiful and da 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 da. And I had kids that would come and visit my office. And I would talk to him, and they would be so fascinated with Damon's artwork. Like, I'd have a hundred pictures on my wall, and they always went to Damon's stuff. Nice. And then I messaged Damon, and it was just like, hey, Joe, I was talking to Joe Illich. He talked about you here. He was just like, dude, that's dope. Thanks for shouting me out. I'm like, nah, man, thanks for, <laughs> dude, thank you for just <laughs> talking to me. Like I feel like I'm I'm literally that girl at the ball that's just sitting there with a the microphone going, um, excuse me, I've got questions that I'm gonna ask you. Do you mind answering them for me so I can actually take them and put them on my podcast? And I, yeah, sure, dude, let's do it. When are we gonna, I was like, oh my gosh, you said yes? Okay, that's a
1: weird power. ball.
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just my thing. It's just what's in my head. All right. Yeah, that, you're gonna I let him know. Have his Things are really porny. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna you say go,
1: you're but... you're do- you're doing that thing where it's just. Everything's pouring in your head, and it's just coming out.
2: <laughs> Thoughts are formed and immediately expelled.
1: Yes,
0: that does happen with me sometimes.
1: I, I don't know. Uh, hey, and what, what about what about this thing going on with the walls? Does anyone have any walls? Has anyone seen walls? What? Yeah, we've all seen walls, Will. But they're exciting. <laughs> they're exciting. God. You know, I saw this wall one time. <laughs>
0: What do you have for us? So, um, I believe Snyder and um, our friend Catherine, everything are going to introduce our last clip. Oh. Are I we? I put it in the chat. I don't know if y'all saw it. Sorry. Sorry. Well, they, I'm, they I'm, definitely oh, there it didn't is.
1: say yes.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> But they didn't say no. No, we didn't
3: say no. <laughs> Speaking of that, I, you know, especially since this is a recap episode, like, I know it's it's hard as a creator to kind of, like, look at our own wins. um, Because, like, one, yes. you know, just, we tend to be humble people. And even, like, when we are in an opportunity to, like, brag and celebrate, it's still hard. And so, like, Will, I just want to say, like, you know, just as somebody who has, you know, been a listener and been on the outside and then I've come in, like, obviously you have something about just your, like, You're you are such a like cool guy to talk to and this is such a safe place to be in that like at this point I would believe anybody coming in and you being like, Oh yeah, I got so and so on the show and I'd be like, Of course you did, because like have they listened to Mm. the show, like have they talked to you? Like you have such a like infectious enthusiasm. Um so Mm. I just you know, especially because we are on a recap episode, I really just wanna be like, I'm not surprised you keep getting these cool people on the show and that they wanna talk to you and they wanna come back because like same that is why I am here. You, you know what I mean? Like, yes. so just, you know, you know, please toot your own horn and believe it. But I like, I also love that, you know, you are humble and you're like, oh my God, I just want to geek out. And like, these people want to geek with me and I still can't believe it because like, I also, I, I feel that too. Like, I feel that too. It's like, wow, we found like a cool community and a cool ability to do that. So yeah, before we move on, cause yeah, I know that, that we're gonna, we're gonna tease you because we love you. And especially in this next clip, Um, but also like, it comes from a great place of love and just knowing that like, we're safe to do that. Like I've listened to a lot of podcasts that are really stiff and it's like, yeah, yeah, man, let's chalk the facts. And that's great. Um but you know, as unafraid as we are to get silly with it, we're also unafraid to get like really deep with it and uh just yeah, mm-hmm. all the love and the teasing and yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so in other words, Catherine is saying that I need to start being like Joe Rogan. Um Charlie, <laughs> pull up uh, Catherine everything. I need to know Oh, so uh, close everything about her, you know that government. Yeah,
1: beloved beloved, blessed Will. So close.
0: <laughs> it's
1: Jamie. Jamie.
0: Jamie, pull up everything on Catherine Everything. yeah. I need to know. Have you ever it. seen this?
1: It's crazy. If you've never <laughs> seen a Catherine anything before, it, it, it would blow your mind. She's on Twitch,
0: and she does cool things on Twitch and, and things, and she does some cosplaying, and she's been working on a pirate cosplay. Alright, now let's
1: talk about monkeys.
0: <laughs> let's talk about Next, we're going to have Alex Jones on. They're turning the monkeys into animals, man. I'm telling you, the monkeys are going to be bad. <laughs>
1: And then uh, and then one of us, as Joe Rogan, has to just flex and just growl into the mic <laughs> really hard. <laughs> um, I will consult my scene partner, if she will let me, the, about introducing this next clip. I hope. <laughs> Everyone's ready <laughs> for this next clip <laughs> for you. What's it? What is even this clip about, Catherine?
3: What even is this clip about? Now that's <sighs> where to start. Where to start? You know, there's these things there's these things in pop culture that are just beyond comprehension. And sometimes these things are beyond the human mouth to form. And even if we love things, Mm. we get Mm. so tongue tied when we are presented Mm. with these things of great power and cultural importance.
1: And as part of my advisement for those ties in your tongues out there, just do what you do for any tie. And just pull on that one loose end and hopefully it'll come undone and won't, I don't know, tighten even more. (laughs) And then now you're you're really, really frustrated because you just clocked out from work and you're trying to take your shoes off, but that tie on your ties won't let you untie it. But once you do, you'll be able to listen to this next clip, which is about Star Wars. It's about this time. Where Jingles and I dunked <laughs> mega hard on Will. Please enjoy. <laughs> so, so What? That's, that's, that's Peter not how Cushing we sit. Just
2: throwing his, his acting weight around.
1: I know. In his silly slippers. Rip and gone.
0: <laughs> Rip and gone. So, first question I'm going to ask Favorite yes. character in the series? Uh.
2: Dexter, Dexter Jetson, hey. Dexter oh. Jetson. Hey, hey!
4: hey.
3: Oh. Do not know.
4: <laughs> do
0: not do this. No, that is horrible.
3: Man, I was hoping. I was, I hoping, was hoping too. Someone I to said you.
2: we have a rumor here. <laughs> I w- I Somebody was, was holding I was, out for a hero. I
3: was holding Button. out for a hero indeed. Rebellions are built on hope. We
0: <laughs> <laughs> a four-armed a four hero that served food and, and, and had a soft, calming voice. Like, they could have had him at the end. It'd have been they really cool him at the
3: meat plat- plant. They could have been chopping weird desert meat together. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: it would have been gr- No, it would have been right at the end when Obi-Wan... Had all hope lost, and he was buried under the rubble. And he saw, like, uh, he's hearing <laughs> Vader's voice in his head, and he can't, he can't find the will to go on. And then all of a sudden, all, all we hear is just it's quiet, and all we hear is Obi Wan, <laughs> and then he bursts out.
0: <laughs> and then he you was. You can't
2: there. die here, Obi Wan. You have to come by the diner.
1: Well, what do you know? <laughs>
0: he's just like force lift the rocks out Obi-Wan's like, I didn't know you were Jedi, Dexter.
2: <laughs> I'm a Jedi now. It's me. I'm a it's Jedi. me, your old buddy. <laughs> Jester. Jester. <laughs> I'm a Jedi now.
1: <laughs> That's so
2: <good. laughs> And
1: yeah, so pretty much it was... I'm pretty sure
2: p- this show is just jumps the shock. Yes, I know.
1: <laughs> I, what do you know? What do you know? Now I'm going to help you fight Vader. (laughs) (laughs) With my four lightsabers for each hand. My four (laughs) double-bladed (laughs) lightsabers. And and, it'd be great, because when he starts fighting, everyone will be vomiting, and I'll be sitting there going, yeah, yeah. I can't
4: breathe.
2: (laughs) But now who's everyone's actual favorite? favorite. Uh, And
0: why is it (laughs) Obi-Wan?
3: (laughs) yeah you know like
0: yeah i was laughing even after listening to that clip i was like oh my gosh that was still so funny to me
1: (sighs) i would Uh like to i would like to formally apologize for uh making such an aggressive (coughs) attempt on my friend's life (laughs) What do you know? What do you
2: know? What do you know? know? (laughs) The attack on Will's life has left (laughs) him (laughs) scarred and (laughs)
1: deformed.
0: Oh (laughs) wow! No, it was the. I think it was the moment for me was the the four double bladed lightsabers going after. I, (laughs) I,
1: you unfortunately. We're laughing so hard. As soon as I heard you say, I can't breathe. <laughs> uh, it's, it's interesting because in other situations, if, let's say, hypothetically, the four of us were sitting down at a diner. And then uh, we'll the just start. Got it. In the diner, <laughs> <laughs> and Will started choking. He said, "I can't breathe." We're all scared. We're all terrified, and we all go and try to help him out as best we can. In this situation, when I heard say, when I heard Will say, "I can't breathe," I looked at Jingles and I knew we need to double down. <laughs> Good, you use your
3: head, use your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, We got
1: him on the ropes. Let's see how much harder we can... You basically fueled us. Yeah. Yep. Well, um,
2: I'm, I'm going to go ahead and reveal uh, a super dark secret secret. Oh, no. Um, anytime I get together with my friends or family or anybody... Uh, my number one goal is to really make them laugh really, really hard at mm-hmm. some point.
0: Oh, I did. And <laughs> I did that, day. Hey.
2: That goes for this podcast. That goes for online. That It's any time.
0: <laughs> oh,
2: man. When Quaffrin is streaming, mm-hmm. yes. I'm just all like, let me see if I can get a good one on. <laughs> and this this is one of those instances where it's just all like, we knocked it out of the park.
0: Yep. Yep, and Kevin was the one that suggested this one, so I would like for her to start talking about her thought processes in this.
3: <laughs> I, I think first, I, like, going in, I was like, oh, man, I laughed so hard when we were recording that, and I laughed so hard hearing the podcast. Am I going to laugh again hearing it? And I'm, I'm like, wiping tears away. It just got funnier. Um, now it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's it definitely ascended to that, like, Beyond an inside joke, because obviously, like, you know, y'all as listeners are, are clued in on this, but also just as, like, you know, the funny things that kind of lie underneath uh, in nerd culture and just among friend groups and among people that have just, you know, hung out. And I think these are definitely those moments where I look back and not that I have any doubt at this point, but, like. You know, as a professional, when you're like reaching out and you're networking, you're like, Oh, you know, this is the cool opportunity, you know, but like, was it just a one-off professional thing? Did they like me? And i look back on this and I'm like, there's no way in heck we aren't friends because <laughs> <this is, laughs> you can't stage this stuff. You know, this is definitely like we were yes. Anding and yes. ending until we're all just about to like, you know, like just stop mm-hmm. breathing. Um, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really thrilled with that because of course, you know, we really do. Uh, when, when I talk about my favorite moments, um, about the podcast, a lot of them tend to be the heavier ones, just because there's such a vulnerability in being seen. There's such a vulnerability in sharing the like the kind of the stuff that's underneath um the surface that really makes us human and really like brings us to the table of this nerd stuff. But these moments are the ones where I'm like, but I can't also forget how darn fun it is to be a nerd. Like it, I can't laugh like mm. that over a four armed alien with, and I don't want to say like normal people, but like you know with casual people or just like in a normal situation like to go that hard to go that funny and fast is just it's good stuff and i I, like i love you guys and this is so much fun and but like also just to, to vibe on the same frequency really to just get it And, you know, we we do talk about it kind of feeling like improv scenes and everything, but there's only, there's not only that, but there's a confidence and there's just a like being able to like, okay, and you, and you, and you, and to feel like we're all going to like land each other's jokes and catch it and then keep that going is something that I haven't had um, a lot in my life where like, you know, I can be the smart one, I can be the clever one, but I've never felt witty and I've never felt like my jokes are going to be funny and so to just be in a group where we're all just doing silly impressions and like you know yeah sometimes they don't all land because sometimes they're really way out there but for like the most part like you guys are not going to just let it fall on its face and i can be vulnerable in a funny way um which to me is almost scarier than being vulnerable in a like traumatic way like i've gotten to a point where i'm really comfortable talking about things that have happened and how that enriches these things i think the the star wars episode three was the first time we really talked about the the darker side and the depths of that but it's funnier. It is, it is almost harder to be funny and be open about that than it is to talk. And that's something that's been really rewarding. And just I really, really treasure being on the show. Um, and yeah, also just laughing until t- t- you can't breathe about this. It's, it's Star Wars. It's fake. It's in space. It's supposed to be fun. And it is. It genuinely freaking is.
1: <laughs> Yo, when it's fun, it's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Not a question.
1: Mm. And he said, Not a
2: question.
0: Mm.
1: I thought he said, Gotta go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, why was Jigster Desk the best character
0: in the entire series? You know, if he'd been in there, man, I would have just popped big. I would have <laughs> been like to me, I'm going to tell you right now, like, it would have been like, I don't know, The Rock returning at WrestleMania and wiping out the whole bloodline big like that's how big that would have been
1: yeah i suppose that the most electrifying man in sports entertainment coming back for a massive event is re- is exactly equivalent is to equivalent. a one-time no- one-note character <laughs> who was only ever relegated to expositing the reason behind a one-time use plot device
0: Look for me. That,
1: I I know exactly
0: equivalent. <laughs> yep, for me. Yep, sure is. You're absolutely Hundred percent. Hundred percent.
3: They're the same picture. Yep, exactly the same.
0: Yep, same thing. Mm-hmm. I got you. Yeah. yeah. He did yep.
2: definitely make an impression, like he, to like, plenty of, uh, Star Wars fans around our age, like many people do think of Dexter Jetster very fondly, um. <laughs> And, and, but it's just—it's one of those things where it's just all like, well, you're right, Will. There is a more than zero percent chance that could
3: happen.
4: <laughs>
3: I feel like that needs oh to be my. Will's shirt. It's just there's more than a zero percent chance you can have proof. Like, just wait. I could be right. I could just be right. right. You will see.
0: <laughs> I could be hundred percent right on this one. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> no,
1: I, 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 I again, I adore Catherine. <laughs> Like pleading, (laughs) (laughs) rebellions are built on hope. Yeah, that was excellent.
2: (laughs) See, that's when Catherine got smiter real good. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) actually.
4: The the whole clip itself is just like we
2: are all having a wonderful time right now. Yeah, Yeah. that's Mm -hmm. what I Mm enjoy. Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) I mean, what do you know? Uh,
3: What do you know? know? What do you know?
0: Uh, uh, that, yeah, you guys, especially Jingles the Spider, the impersonation
3: mm. mm-hmm.
0: and just the whole the whole coming up with the lines and this like, oh yeah, Obi Wan, I'm gonna I'll teach, you, I'm gonna fight with you now. I'm gonna show <laughs> you against Darth Vader. It'll be fantastic. Don't, Don't no worry, I got your back. <laughs> <laughs> Then we, and Then, that's then we're going to go to the diner and we're going to have ourselves
1: a- Handshake from Predator, <laughs> but it's Obi-Wan's one arm and all of De- Dexter, Dexter's
0: <laughs> arms. Yep. I got you, buddy. I'm bringing you up right now. I'm going to do- I'm going to do something super cool and super
1: heroic. And uh, that's when uh Dexter Jester fights Vader for uh, oddly enough like 15 more
0: minutes. Yeah. He's just sitting there like at one point he's like, "Oh, I saw General Grievous. I learned this trick from him." It was oh, fantastic. yeah.
1: And then for some reason General Grievous is there too. <laughs>
4: General Kenobi! (laughs) You are an old one.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. Now he's an old one. (laughs) You are an
4: old one. Sick
1: burn. (laughs) And then that's when all four of them are fighting, and it's really, really cool. And then we have to pan out, and it's just... It's just a little kid smacking his action figures together. No, yes. it's a grown-up Will Holland <laughs>
2: smacking his action figures together.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: and then Keith comes in! Wow. Then all of a sudden I look at the screen and go, well, hello! What do you know? What are you with action figures? <laughs>
1: People don't care for the meanings of characters or their character writing anymore. All they care about is symbols.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. I love doing this. I it was it. a lot of fun. Camino so Sabo Dart. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a, give it a try. It's fun. Just, just say Camino Sabo Dart. <laughs> Carino saber jar. There see, it's yeah, fun, sabredart. right?
0: Yeah, it is. Saber art. <laughs> it all depends on how much personality you have. Keep your pocket, pocket jar. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah.
1: Dexter, how do you know all of this? Are you you're you're just a diner owner, <laughs> and then all he says is hee <laughs> <laughs>
0: Dexter, and you know what, going back to the cultural thing for a minute, Dexter is that uncle that comes in and has every conspiracy theory <laughs> on the planet, but he's been oh, a janitor no. for 30 years in, like, a place. And <laughs> just he knows all these conspiracy theories about all this stuff that's just way above his pay grade. The like, higher centered
1: Oh, sorry. I, go ahead. No, that's all it
0: was going to be. Like, I had an uncle who was a janitor, and that's what he did. He would always come in and be like, yeah, I work as a janitor, but I read stuff. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know. It's saw a thing on Facebook. Yeah. (laughs) Or uh, the the Galactic Senate
1: doesn't want you to know. (laughs) There's a planet called Camino. They work with the banking clans. To hide the truth from the Republic, uh, hi Uncle Dexter. Ja- <laughs> hi, uh, look, can you just tell me where this dart's from? Listen, the banking clans are trying to squeeze out the little guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, Dex, just, just. There's a reason they never talk about what they did on Mandalore. Uh, I, ju- I don't, I really don't care. Please, just tell me about the dart. <laughs> <laughs> and then he ends up going on to and then he ends up have to make like a, a post on social media just all like uh the republic is trying to silence me
0: They <laughs> don't want you to know what i know
3: <laughs> that's why he wasn't in kenobi because you know that's why. He yeah. knew oh. too much. He knew
0: he too, knew too much. much. He did. That's what it was. He did. Definitely.
1: He knew what a Camino saber dart was. <laughs> That's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> it's the little
2: ridges on the side that give it away.
4: <laughs> 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 oh, uh, God, for
0: totally different reasons. Oh,
1: goodness
0: gracious. Good times. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely, definitely good times. But yeah, yeah I. Man, you guys, you guys rock. And I, I try to tell you all the time. I don't ever want you to feel like I'm not saying it. But if I haven't said it lately, I'm telling you now. You guys rock. I really appreciate all of you so much. Thank you. You rock and too.
3: Right back at you.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So I think that is the last clip. And I think that's a good place to stop uh, on that. I do have one final question to wrap us up with, which is real simple. What is a goal? that you want to complete in 2023 mm. and I will start that way. Give y'all some time to think. Nice. Mm-hmm. So I have been, I've published my pencil books for book years and then Amazon last year decided, Hey, you know what? We don't need to put these books on our platform anymore. So instead of, and they took them down and then when I've tried to go through two months worth of trying to do emails back and forth, back and forth, back and forth every day, um, to get a live person to actually speak to me. Mm. And all I kept getting was automated messages, automated messages, automated messages. I was like, can I please speak to somebody? I tried to call the Amazon customer service multiple times. Couldn't get through to anybody. Couldn't get through to anybody at the office. Nobody would talk to me. They were like, or they would transfer me to people and they were like, oh no, we don't work in that show printing office, you know? And I was like, well, I've gotten these responsatory emails and they're just robot responses at this point. I'm just trying to figure out what I need to do to get my stuff back listed and all this other stuff. But anyway so twenty twenty three I want to do a Kickstarter with my stuff as one big pencil ninja adventures book. Yes. that's the goal that's the plan i want to re put it out there in the world. get a website and just set up myself Heck yeah um that's the that's what needs to happen in twenty
2: twenty three well well that's i can I can tell you this much uh I might know an individual that uh self publishes kids books uh you might know them but uh uh-huh. I'll be sure to hook you two up sometime.
0: Well, you know, do they do they do they have they have they gone to the planet Camino? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, I
1: can neither confirm nor deny. Okay, the existence fair. of the Camino system cannot be confirmed or denied by the Senate at this time.
3: <laughs> the Jedi Council also makes no pub- no comment. <laughs> <laughs> no comment the, Jedi, does the Jedi Council oh, made. Oh. <laughs> we the have one Council, quote from what, the Jedi
1: Council. Uh, the uh, the Jedi Council has no comments at this time. Actually, uh, we have one member of the Jedi Council, a one librarian named Master Jacosta. Uh, what do you have to say about these accusations of a missing Camino system? If it's not in our records, then it doesn't exist. Mic
0: drop. <laughs> <laughs> And she just walks away.
2: Jedi Master Jacosta knew everybody loves her. <laughs> <laughs>
0: ah! <laughs> oh my! Uh, so that's that's my goal. So yeah. I will pass mm-hmm. it off to the next person who would like to pick it up. I'm not going to call a name. Whoever wants to pick it up, pick it up.
2: I uh, well, luckily I've already been thinking about my uh resolutions this year. Nice. And I have a I have a number of things that I have planned. Jingles, um, let me
0: correct you. Let me correct you. I didn't say that. nothing about resolutions. Mm. I oh. said goals, Because resolutions are for the resolutions are for chumps who start in January and stop in <laughs> January. Oh. I need you to give me a goal.
1: Sounds like someone's trying to get uh
0: trying to get back here. <laughs> <laughs> No, I specifically said goal. I never said resolution. The word never was you, y-
1: you said, with a small bit of glee, <laughs> I'm going to have to correct you.
2: I'm going to have to correct you. <laughs> uh, my resolution <laughs>
0: is <laughs> be more resolute in
3: my uh, yeah. in my stance on, on goals. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jingles came back and cut like a WrestleMania style <laughs> promo. Shut up, sucker! I got something to say. And then
2: I do a spin a Rooney. <laughs> um, so my plans for the year, because even that's more like solid than a goal, huh? Actionable steps. What
3: up? What? what? Oh, okay. So
2: <laughs> I have a number of things that I want to do this year. Uh, as far as creatively goes one, I'm planning on doing more art streams and, uh, trying to be more artistic and and getting more into that. Um, the, the thing with that is, is that I still want to save, uh, our Saturdays for gaming streams. Um, so I would have to find another separate day. Um, at at the moment, I, I'm not planning on doing it very regularly just when I have some extra time. Uh, Usually if I have a day off, that's the plan is to do art streams then. Nice. As I did uh, this uh, this month and the previous month, uh, my ideas were to do that on, on the days off that I have, which since uh, the job that I work, I work for a public school system and therefore they are on um, government time. And so uh, I have the weekends off, but also like federal holidays off from work. Um, So if there's a federal holiday that is off from work, there is a decent chance that I'm going to at least put forth a lot of effort to stream art uh, on those days. Um, The second thing I want to do is I want to make another animation this year. Um, The last animation that I made was happy Christmas, Harry. (laughs) um, Which which is a gem. You should
3: absolutely (laughs) watch it.
2: (laughs) An absolute gem. Unfortunately, I think I'm being uh, censored by big YouTube right now, because I, I type in Happy Christmas, Harry, and it's not the first thing that comes up, mm. So, <laughs> um, but I'm sure if you, if you look me up, Happy Christmas, Harry, Jingles, Roscoe, you should be able to find it. It's on YouTube. Mm. I'm very proud of it. It's old now. It's like, I think, three years old, um, three or maybe even four. I'd have to double check but I want to make another animation and I have some ideas and I want to put some work and effort into that. Um, And so that's, that's one of my, my goals to do is to um, get another one of those out. And um, that's, that's on the creative side of things. I want to, I want to stream more art and get another animation out by the end of the year. Um, Personally, Um, I'm hoping to lose some weight and get to a healthier weight than I currently am uh, because I've been an exceptionally large boy like my whole life. And so uh, my goal is to get down to a much healthier weight. Um, And so far, those are my plans slash goals slash resolutions for the year. Excellent. What about the rest of
0: I've been on that journey, and if you want some things to help with that, I can give you some stuff that helped me lose weight to where I'm down to a little bit under 350 now. Whereas at one point several years ago, I was almost at 600 plus pounds. So, yeah, I could I could definitely help out with that. So just let me know. We'll sit down and talk. What your schedule looks like, and we'll have some conversations off to the side.
2: That is very kind. Uh who else? conference like smiter who else next
3: smiter
1: smiter you've been i i would not uh, honestly i was just i was waiting until somebody said my name uh, <laughs> donkey donkey that's me whoa that's my name <laughs> i uh i'm looking forward to this year um uh, splitting off that, uh, that part of my shadow that ex- wants to exact violence. I mm-hmm. was thinking about maybe having a cool samurai sword fight.
2: Have you thought about possibly doing what um, Kami did and splitting your uh, good side and your evil side into two separate beings? Yeah, I thought about uh, that. But then I- naming, <laughs> naming, <laughs> naming your evil side something weird like Piccolo or
1: Tambourine. <laughs> we could
0: always call him what Leo Rush called him and call him Smiteer Rasco.
1: Smiteer. No, I'll do. Uh, I'll I'll do what they did in Star Wars back in the EU Ooh. with Luke's clone and just call him <laughs> Smiter. <laughs> <laughs> just add extra letters to my name. That's how you know he's different.
2: We don't talk about
1: Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Lukey
2: That's how you know he's a clone Because he has two U's That's true All they
1: care about is symbols (laughs) (laughs) I I I shared a tweet about this And uh, I actually got a uh, A response from A colleague Uh, One Catherine everything about it Um And uh I'm planning by the end of the year to have holding in my hands something physical that I've written. Nice. A physical copy of something that I've written. Mm-hmm. And that could be to me that could mean anything from a short story that got picked up from a publisher or a uh or or maybe even a novel that got picked up by a publisher. I want to try to send something out to them. And if I can help it, I'd love to be able to have that by the end of the year and you know I it's been a long go- it's been a long time coming goal for me that I've put off for a long time that I've I want to be a writer. And I want to be able to do that all the time. And I want to be able to write whatever I want to be able to write. And I've already got two... I've got a novel drafted and I'm drafting another one. I'm taking a break off of that one to uh, do revisions on a short story that I've written not that long ago. And so uh, th- last week I got started on those revisions and I'm hoping to submit it to a uh writing competition from uh, uh, by Bain publishing that is going to be going on from oh gosh last week on the 16th to all the way to April 30th and then submissions end then and my strategy for that is write out the the short story as best I can and revise it as much as I can, and then maybe hire an editor to look at it uh if i've got if I have the cash line around for it and then obviously go submit it and then forget about it excellent and and then <laughs> move on and start. Uh, knocking out other writing projects as well and then from there um, uh, we'll see if 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 the story wins then that would be awesome I'll use that money to reinvest in myself so that I can maybe save that for good advertising for books Mm -hmm. later on Uh, but if it doesn't win at all, totally fine. I'm going to, I'll take that story, see if I feel like I need to change anything else about it. But if I really like it as it is, uh, it's got to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I'll probably see about setting up a Patreon and maybe setting up my own website where I could just put out my own stories Nice. and, uh, yeah, we'll see. The, again, that's several that's 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 a few months down the line. Well, right now, all we're focusing on is just making this story as good as possible.
3: You know, I like that you have actionable steps for you know kind of the binary if if this, then that, and if not this, then that, because you know it's it's really fun to dream. Um, And it's Mm -hmm. really—I mean, you obviously like when you're going into a competition, have to be like, okay, if I win, then what? Because no one, no one comes here to lose. You know what I mean? Like that's not (laughs) a -hmm. goal. But it's also nice to just know that it's like, hey, that's—it is a chance. It's an opportunity. Um, So Mm -hmm. no, I respect the heck out of that. Respect the heck out of that.
1: Thanks. I appreciate that. What about you? What about you, Catherine?
3: I feel like I'm in a very similar boat this year, where I have my eyes on two competitions. Um, and then, you know, if, if those go, well then hopefully they lead to more. And if not, um, I am definitely both motivated and validated by external pressure. Um, and so just mm-hmm. having, <laughs> having somebody tell me, Hey, this is when you need to do it and uh, you're going to get it done is Super, you know, uh, important in my ADHD brain. And so the first coming up is the her universe fashion show, which I did enter last year. I did not get in. That's okay. Um, oh. last year, i I feel like I know where I went wrong. Um, that doesn't mean I have it in the bag to know what I do right this year. it just means I'll make different mistakes if I make mistakes. Um, and then secondarily, we'll be recompeting at TwitchCon. Um, I'm going to be changing up my category. I'm technically allowed to enter needlework again because I did not take finals. I was a finalist, but I didn't, you know, win the category. But in true Catherine Everything fashion, I'm switching categories and competing in special effects this year, uh, which is a goal. So just kind of that perpetual um, lash my like just take my lasso, put it on something and learn how to keep up um, is mm-hmm. how I kind of roll. Um I think it's funny just kind of looking at all of our goals though because we we all have the goals to produce content for ourselves or for others um but i love the fact that like looking and listening like listening to all of y'all's goals i feel this very not only a sense of pride but also i have zero question that like you guys can do it and i think that's not only just knowing you as as people but also just kind of getting to where we're confident in a creative space where it's like, no, I fully believe that these are absolutely attainable. I I definitely remember younger years where it's like, oh, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to do this. And it's like, yeah, yeah, heck yeah, do it. And there was almost, I don't want to say like, just the, yeah, you can do anything you want, but if it didn't happen, it didn't happen. I feel very, very much so. Like, you know, obviously, you know, life happens and things, plans change, no plan, you know, survives first contact with the enemy. But Within all of y'all's reasons, I am fully <coughs> and excited to be doing the 2023 wrap up and being like, "All right, hey, guess what? We've got published books on the table. We've got competition entries on the table. Like, regardless of merit and award winning, it's still going to be good work done, and there will be tangible progress. Um, we'll be watching Jingle's animation and linking that in the podcast. Like, everything's going to be it's going to it's going to happen, and I'm there's no doubt, and I'm thrilled for it. So, yeah and no pressure, but I believe you can do
1: it. Mm. <laughs> mm. And uh, I definitely look forward to seeing Will's goal to being the new WrestleMania champion.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. but what your man is telling you right now, man. That Will Holland, man. He's got something special. I don't know what it is, man. Yeah. Whatever it is, he's got that chutzpah. He's got that incredible psychedelic spirit about him. He's going to go out there and do what only he can do. Yeah. I miss my yeah, so Williams. much.
2: Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> So I'm confused, brother. Oh, yeah. what, when, when you say WrestleMania champion, what title is he winning? Is it the Universal Championship?
0: Is it the WWE mm-hmm. Championship? We'll take them both oh, away from Roman Reigns right now, man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: Probably not Universal the 24-7 champ. belt because is not that been, like, retired now?
0: They literally walked off uh, – uh, I can't think of her name right now. I know it's uh, Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross got the championship and they threw it in the trash can, and they've not brought it up since. Mm. So, yeah, they pretty much retired the belt at that point. I'm just like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, man, if I'm going to go for it, man, I'm going for the big dog thing, man. I'm going to be like, look, man, you 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 hooked up my boy uh, Sammy Zane. You may look like a punk on TV. It's time for you to get these fists for 350. fifty. You can cock the fist all day long, but you ain't got enough gall to get through me, son.
1: You know, it's interesting to, to, to be formulating plans and, and and goals throughout the month. Because uh, I think in the back of your head, when you develop them privately, mm. you always have that worry of, okay, how outlandish does this actually sound? <laughs> how, how ridiculous am I actually being with my expectations? And then when, so you're always a little apprehensive to share them with others. But when you end up just receiving just a little bit of encouragement of, yeah, that sounds entirely plausible. Great. Like, I think you can do it. Just based off of what I've seen of what you can do. Then um, that feels great. So I appreciate I appreciate you, Catherine. I also think that uh, I also look forward to hearing uh, m- about the competition when it comes up for you. And obviously, I hope you win. And I hope <laughs> you get in there. And uh, but I also look forward to just seeing what sort of creativity that elevates you to the added pressure the added challenge of expecting yourself to rise to an occasion and i i'm interested to see where you rise to
3: thank you i i mean one that feels heckin good to just have people in your corner but it's also just Yeah, I I think so often creatives, especially young creatives, you're you're filled with a big energy and you want to go out there and create things, but for better or for worse, people are very protective and it's like, hey, don't put all your eggs in one basket, or do you really think you can do that? And I think it's as important to develop your technical skills as it is to almost develop a confidence in what you do and also just like a, hey... If I get this, I'm prepared to go to the next step and not like setting sights on like, oh, all I have to do is, is win this one thing and then that's it. I've made it. Like, I don't know personally where my like end goal is because I don't really want to have an end. Uh, I'd like to just, you know, kind of continue to to grow within these things. And some things will, you know, blows wind in my sails and take me northwest, northwesterly. And some things will take me a totally different direction. And that's been my life. That's kind of just been surviving um, but it's also neat to just see like creativity again among parameters, like hey, the client wants you to do this or this competition wants you to do this, or you know just having people give you a challenge to where um yeah, it is definitely a kind of a pressure pot and it can turn into something really well out of that, or you learn you know to develop your own kind of resistance to pressure, so I appreciate just the, like knowing that yoga guys are interested and same same right back at the projects it's going to be a really interesting year I think for creatives I feel like there is a I've been hesitant to call it a full um renaissance again but I've been definitely seeing a shift kind of post-pandemic and from from the pandemic and post-pandemic obviously we're still in it um but just in the rise of creatives again as we kind of battle the cripping, you know, grasp of capitalism, but also just realize that life is short and we have stories to tell and we don't have to just take the media that's given to us and we can, we can bend it to our will and make beautiful things. And there's a respect for that. Like definitely among social media, among content creators, YouTubers, TikTokers, streamers, etc. I think there is a very, very wholesome, um, like just big big growth of, of creatives and I'm really excited to see where that goes and knowing that you know like my best friends and my community and the people that are like kind of all tied through this are involved in that. I think there's gonna be a really big culture shift um in like reappreciating handmade and by that I mean just be from the human brain, heart, soul, hands. Content, you know, I I know we got into like AI and everything that comes through here, but like just shifting into seeing that people can do really cool shit and they want to share it um, is hopefully where we're going to have a kind of cultural revolution. And knowing that we've got not to say a head start on it, but we're already makers with our feet on the ground. Um, I'm hoping this is really a time to really shine and see people that I really care about have kind of these tidal waves that push them into whatever definition of success, um, which I know starting is, can just be getting something finished. I mean, honestly, finishing a project is such an incredible like goalpost. Um, but, you know, wherever your definition of success puts you, I, I hope that we are kind of running towards that together, um, and I see people winning. Like, I, I really feel like we all kind of collectively need some wins. Uh, I hope this is the year uh, for that.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I can dig it. So everybody, uh, first of all, thank you for sharing what your your resolutions, your plans, (laughs) your goals are for 2023 Um, as we round this out. We're going to try to get this episode and the last episode dropped tonight so that way people can have it. Uh, I didn't want this rocking into February, so I wanted to make sure people (laughs) heard it at the beginning of, near the end of January at least. So that's the plan. So anyway, um, as always, you guys rock. Everybody, not just uh, the people that I have the honor of speaking with, the rascals and Catherine Everything, but also those listening. Um, Pass it on to your friends, man. Share it with people. Um, I greatly appreciate all that. And um, ladies and gentlemen, first of all, beforehand, I need to let my co-hosts say their goodbyes. So last words. Mm. Uh,
2: My last word is going to be, Well, what do you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It never gets old. It truly never does.
1: Man. Well, what about you, Catherine?
3: You know, I think just kind of, again, being the sentimental fool that I am, I just not only want to say thank you to all the listeners, but thank you to everybody that's just kind of doing their thing and being true to themselves. And I hope that throughout this year we, you know, kind of stay sane, stay safe, um, and, uh, you know, get some, make some cool shit. So.
1: Uh, and uh, my final words are speak friend and enter. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
3: Had to come back to the Lord of the Rings, didn't it? <laughs> Starts off with the Lord of, ring. <laughs> it it the, the, Lord of the... the Rings. It's like, go. it's just, it's everything's connected. Like, like a ring, like it's round and everything <laughs> is uh, coming back. I don't know. Well, you
1: see, uh, it's like a poem, it
4: rhymes. (laughs) It's like (laughs) that I I was going to say that, but
3: yeah. How
0: how did I know that the the Lucas line was coming? All right. Uh, So my thing, guys, is um, be in contact with each other. Um, If you've got people out there that need you in their space, Be willing to get in their space, but let them have their space as well. Don't make it feel like that you have to be in it because of course, sometimes people just need a little bit of breathing room, but be available. I think that's the thing that, that that if we can go into 2023, being it's being available for people that need us, um, be an asset wherever you are because the world needs more assets in it. You know, really do. So that's my last word. That's my last thought. And above all else, guys, do me a favor. Be blessed. me a blessing to somebody, guys. Take
4: care.